and welcome to the Trash Tapes podcast as part of the Enigmatic Productions Network. If you love bad cinema and incredible deep dives into cult film, then you have come to the right place. So if you like what you hear and want to support us, you can do so by donating some funds to our Buy Me A Coffee website, along with the ACAR supporter feature. All of these can be found in the description below. And now, on with the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. I was going to say, how well did you handle Southland no, Tales? That no, no, no. I, 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 at one point... Um, at one point, I literally shout so hard that my microphone just decides to break yeah. because I was so mad re- trying to remember this movie that I nearly cried. I had a mental breakdown editing it. I was like, why? This is a man going through hell. That <laughs> film is on my list of ones where it's like, I must give that another watch. And then just go, no. No, no, no. And it's been years. You can listen to our review and just feel like you've harmoniously watched it through us and go like, okay, this is a piece of Primer. Oh, Primer. Primer. Primer's a good movie. Just multiple viewings you have to watch to. Right. Well, I I watched it on Christmas Eve and then on the way back from my friend's house, because my friends had like a group Christmas dinner pre-Christmas and I rode a scooter at the time. And on the way back, I crashed which I'm pretty sure is because I was trying to work out primer. And I, I was in a hospital on Christmas Day with two broken wrists. Oh, dear. God. Oh, no, you overthought primer. That's, that, that, that's a crime. Primer and wound up in hospital. <laughs> that is that, now, that's an anecdote. That's a Christmas yeah. story, I tell you. <laughs> about to experience trash cinema. And welcome to another episode of the Trash Tapes. One man's trash is another man's treasure. I'm your host, Johan Schiphol, and the Inflictor of Pain. And I'm here, as usual, joined by my tag team partner, my victim and DJ, Edward Harvey. How are you doing? I'm pretty good. I'm all oiled up. And I've been uh, at bars trying to start fights, but there's no one there at the moment. So it doesn't really work. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you can't actually go anywhere. So you're just too basic. You're just walking into an empty bar, oil, oiled up, going, I just... Oh, there's no one here. Uh, you know what the funny thing is? Out of context, if we don't explain what this is now, it just sounds like a weird, kinky Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> it is true. Uh, but yeah, we are, we've got a very, very special um, episode because... At the time of recording, about two weekends from now, it will be WrestleMania. 
Ooh. And so we wanted to, we wanted to approach a wrestling movie, but we didn't want to do this alone. So we decided to turn this into a triple threat match. We need to bring someone in health here who can handle it all, right? We need someone who could, who can understand no disqualifications, no count out. Only way you can leave this movie is by submission, by submission <laughs> or pinfall. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Carl Bryan, how are you doing? I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. I'm I'm totally ready. I've been working out my own private gym with my name plastered on everything, <laughs> as we see in the movie here. A lot of neon, a lot of neon. Have you been uh, br- smashing cinder blocks, Carl? <laughs> Well, doesn't everybody <laughs> smash cinder blocks to get ready for some one-on-one grappling? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so special. Uh, but before we even tell us what the movie is and what we're breaking into, Carl, do you want to sort of tell to, to, to sort of introduce yourself to our listeners about well, like what you do, etc.? Yes, I'm a podcaster myself. I host a show called Cerebral Jukebox, uh, where we talk to people about songs that get stuck in their head. And I'm also a regular panelist on the uh, Red Dwarf podcast, Shipwrecked and Comatose, and the new show that's coming out called uh, Did You Even Watch, which should be out probably by the time this comes out, where we're covering uh, sort of shows that got cancelled and sort of un hidden gems of television so the Ooh. first series we're covering ultraviolet from 1998 with idris elba oh cool. Ooh. Ooh, that's a that that is niche i like that um so yeah it's good i'm glad I'm, it's good to actually have now a fellow podcaster to help help us with this as well because i think we need a i think we need a little insight but we're doing a wrestling movie so why so i want to ask you basically why do you think i picked you for this i i've made it clear over the years that I am a huge wrestling fan and have been since the age of about nine uh, <laughs> up until this present day. And this, uh, I think you need to be of a certain mentality of having watched wrestling for a long time to watch something like this and not go, oh, this is just dross. Whereas <laughs> if you are a wrestling fan, you will go, this is dross, but it's wrestling dross. And I kind of feel like I have to defend it. <laughs> I a tiny bit. Yeah. And you know what? Let and I'm I'm glad we have someone to maybe to help to maybe help it be as, be a little bit of its tag team partner to tap it in every so often because the movie we're about to talk about is the infamous Hulk Hogan leading role movie No Hold Bard. Hey. Are you looking for a little escape? <laughs> Want to see something this is you don't see every day? Are you ready for a whole new Hulk Hogan? Hulk Hogan is ripped. To the world, he's a hero. But to this man, he's history. Stand back, way back, get ready for the battle no ropes can hold, no ring, no referee, no rules, gentlemen, it's time, no holds barred. Display of strength and determination. Oh, oh, a little Ric Flair at the end there. So, okay, so 
just just to, just to clarify before we actually go into no holds barred and go to like the details the data everything else i usually do before we actually talk about this special special piece of cheese um what's everyone re- what's everyone's relationship with either this movie or with wrestling in general so uh, i loved wrestling in the sort of 90s like early 90s i think i watched it most but i like mm. i can remember the late 80s i was really young then but i had like the mm. toys and stuff in the in the late 80s and it was only on Sky. I didn't have Sky, so I used to like watch it on like rent videotapes from blockbusters and stuff. I like and like, but I was really into when like Hulk Hogan and like Macho Man, Ultimate Warrior, kind of they were the big leading guys. I was a big mm. fan then. And I, when I revisit wrestling on like the network, I always go back to this that era because that's the most fun era to watch. I think when you revisit like. Um, pay per views and stuff, uh, and then so I, it's I, the- I got into it a little bit again uh, in the early noughties. Uh, so like mm. the attitude kind of era, I was in it, into yeah. it again then. Uh, but and, I, and I'm back into it again now. But I, I don't quite like it as much as I used to. But I still watch it, you know. <laughs> I think I, th- I think that's the sentiment of most WWE fans these days. Like you know, it's not the same. Yeah, I'm watching it anyway because my goodness, yeah. Carl, how about you? Uh, as I say, I've, I've been a fan since I've been nine years old. I never got into football or rugby or any of those mm. things. For me, uh, it was wrestling. I grew up in a in a VHS shop, in a video shop, and I ended up watching. I think we got about four WrestleManias in one weekend to put in, and I ended up watching. Uh, I think it was four, five, six, and seven. So that was prime Hogan warrior what ed was saying that era hmm. and then it's just carried on from there i've i've it's kind of expanded since now there's a lot of uh wrestling about these days a lot of british wrestling hmm. I, i've helped out at british wrestling shows i know a few british wrestlers um and i watch a lot of wrestling from random parts of uh, America as well. So mm. I got very much into a federation in North Carolina that had been running for years and all this kind of stuff. And I, I, I still love it and I've loved it to the day. WWE, I must admit, I have trailed off in mm. the last few years. It's become very, uh, I don't want, it has moments of greatness in there, but a lot of it is absolute sort of treading water. It was why mm. I've gone into more AEW and that side of things because I was a WCW yeah. kid growing up. Yeah, same here. I was I was also a big WCW fan, which is why it's kind of weird looking at AEW and going like, wait a minute, this is mm. a this is kind of like WCW. Sting's yeah. in there again. What happened with Sting? Oh, what's happening here? There's cruiserweights. What's happening here? It's literally yeah. it's just the modern version of WCW. Sting's um, in and they're treating him with actual respect. That definitely seems to be a theme with like r- proper wrestling fans tailing off WWE and going to AEW uh, as yeah, their main go to. It's like, and it's just like in the early noughties as well, you had like TNA when it was decent and mm. uh, and so on and so forth. But there's a lot of, but basically, so we can all kind of say that uh, we're all to some degree wrestling fans, but I kind of feel like we've all at least got our kick in from the the lingering age of the golden era of wrestling. But yeah, so so this is the perfect framework for this because obviously in July 1989, around basically what's considered the peak of Hulkamania, the peak. Produced by Michael Rachmill and directed by Thomas J. Wright, was written by Dennis Hackman, but it was also uh, executive produced by Vince McMahon, 
mm-hmm. and Hulk Hogan. So, in other words, they had their mitzi grips all over this, and you could see it. Didn't it was, they oh, even, just pretty much re- rewrite it? <laughs> well, I heard Hulk, that. They locked well, themselves I'm, in a motel and rewrote it in a night. <laughs> yes. So th- th- I'm going to get to that in a moment, because uh, this is another thing. It had little limits on it, because this movie was, even though it was owned by WWF you know, at the time, right, it was under the name Shane Distribution Company which basically was a way of saying, hey, this has nothing to do with wrestling. This is just a, it's not, it's not a wrestling product, even though it is totally a wrestling product. <laughs> In case you know already, Shane Distribution Company, Shane McMahon, Vince just named it after his son. And also there's another cute little gesture that when they finally opened a music division, which they did, they called it Stephanie Music Distribution Company. So, so there you go. So Vince McMahon, even though we see like this heartless bastard, has named named entire companies after those kids. Ah, <laughs> uh, sums it up really. Um, but yeah, this was like I said, this was, this was an attempt to boost Hogan's acting career seven years after his appearance in Rocky Three. So you know, th- on the pulse, on the pulse of like his momentum as an actor. Loads of little weird little tidbits about this movie. So, for one example, you were right about this, actually, uh, both of you, where the writer was the writer wrote a full draft, a full draft. Vince McMahon and Hulk Hogan looked at it and said they hated it. So they went. So in so literally, this was days before. This was like a week before the shoot, mm. right? So a week before the shoot, they went into a motel room and reworked the entire script in three days. I think you could tell. Um, yeah. I, I can imagine it may have been snowing in that hotel room, judging, judging from what they came out with. Yeah. Oh, it, oh it, it's so mind-bogglingly funny. Yeah, so they sp- and apparently they stayed up for 72 hours. So in other words, they didn't sleep. They were just going through, like in, like, like in cycles, going like, you know... Uh, you know, you know, Hulksters go like, "Hey, hey, Vincy, you know, just gonna, you go to bed. I'm gonna write some more yeah. stuff about me, whatever it is." And then, and then suddenly, Vince McMahon wakes up. Seconds of me just going, <laughs> It's like this. It's like, do, do you know what this movie needs, brother? More grunting. Yeah. <laughs> it needs more grunting. I imagine that um, writing session was like a really long, like coked up promo, like <laughs> just like back and forth. Vince McMahon has a particular taste in wrestler. Mm. Mm. Like he likes, and he has a particular style of writing and comedy, right? So I feel like Vince McMahon generally thinks if, if a man's aggressive, right, or whatever it is, he needs to be grr, ah, grr, grunting, big bulldog situation. Hell, British bulldog was basically that to a point. Um, and a, a lot of these characters, a lot of the characters provided in wrestling worked in wrestling to a point because it is about pageantry and theatre and over-elaborate everything. Try putting that in front of a movie. <laughs> In, in a mm. movie with a very different atmosphere? Uh, no. I think this is, it shows that Vince McMahon only knows one thing, which is wrestling. Mm. You try and put him and Hulk and the Hulkster in, in anything else, and the writing definitely shows that it is haphazard and messy. Yeah. Well, I think some of these these, these things that, these like sort of plot points happen in the movie are good storylines for, for wrestling. Like they could, these things mm. could happen behind the scenes in wrestling but like in a movie it doesn't really work a lot of the time yeah there's and it, i'm sure this will come up as the film goes on there's a lot of things that happen in this film which like you say in wrestling would be perfectly acceptable but in this in the real world like 
that's highly illegal. (laughs) Why has no one arrested this man? You know, there's, there's a lot of things like that that happen in this. Is the movie trying to be kayfabe or a shoot? So basically what it's trying to say is, is it trying to say that wrestling is real? And at wrestling and people are literally punching each other and all this is sort of like in a real sort of kayfabe world. Like wrestling is real, so everything else in a wrestling show is basically real and everything's all right. Or is it like a shoot, but it doesn't show it's a shoot. So it's trying to hide the fact that it's real, but also trying to pass off that wrestling stuff is real, but it isn't real. And then you and then basically this is the moment we get the beautiful mind thing when you're writing on a writing <laughs> on a window trying to figure out what's happening with reality in this movie. <laughs> Uh, it's weird because obviously in this film it's it's treated as real, yes. Um, and that, but then I, I don't know if you were going to mention this. They promoted this film on television by having a match with Zeus, yeah, um, saying that he that was a movie, but he could beat him in a real fight. Yeah. So that yeah. definitely means that wrestling is real and the movie isn't real. That's how what they yeah. were going for. Well, even Brell turns up at the on WWF television at the time randomly. Yes, <laughs> even with what happens to him in this film, but he he does a whole thing with Mean Gene where he says that the film's a travesty because it's supposed to be Zeus beats Hulk, not Hulk beats Zeus. So it but, seems like everybody's on, got their own idea. <laughs> but then on top of that, right? It's not Hulk Hogan. No, nope. he's it's Rip. It's so it's not actually Hulk Hogan. So why? Okay. So in other words, if it was in the movie, it wasn't Rip. It was Hulk Hogan. And then Hulk Hogan was versus Zeus, which could have worked because of the weird plotline situation, right? Then you could have brought Zeus in and then it would be like, oh, it's character versus character situation. But it isn't. It's real wrestler versus fictional character. Yeah. Why is it not? Why hasn't Zeus got a different name in real life then? Why is it? It's Rip in the movie, but Hogan in real life. But Zeus is Zeus in the movie and in real life. (laughs) Because, because they couldn't figure, because they didn't know what to do with this. Anyone who's a fan of Hulk Hogan and uh, and Vince McMahon around this time, especially Hulk Hogan, you know that he was a famous behind the scenes booker. He really liked you know, pulling the strings and trying to make sure that he looked great mm. the Doesn't entire time. Me, brother. <laughs> exactly. It, you know, he will not, he will not eat a pin unless it's beneficial to him. And that's the thing. He barely ate a pin in wrestling. And when it did, it was like the big, like, oh no. And then he would win. Then he'd win literally the next time on WCW Nitro and just win his and, and, and lose all momentum. <laughs> I think during this time, he didn't get pinned cleanly. Mm. until about till 1990 the sort of the ultimate warrior thing yeah so i i don't think he from a good like 87 to 90 he Mm. never got cleanly beaten either either there's the famous evil twin referee thing yes or he loses by like disqualification or double count out or it's a draw but he never got pinned um and yeah it was it it wasn't until like way after this film that 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 was the case and even then it 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 got back to normal pretty much after that it's basically shenanigans like Mm. it it was pure full-blown wrestling shenanigans the reason why that's the case and i think this is the reason why i think it shows a little bit in his writing and this is why i feel like the writing's very confused because 
Hulk Hogan as the icon Hulk Hogan at this moment, where he was on television, he had his own cartoon show, he was on lunchboxes, everything, right? Eat your vitamins, brother, blah, 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 right? So he didn't want to ruin the image. So they made Hulk Hogan in this movie as we go along, and you'll notice it as the uh, as the alt as a very confused. I was confused watching what side is he on? Was he heel or face? I couldn't tell anymore. But there were moments where he's sitting there going like, "Yeah, this is to show like, yeah, I'm good. I'm the good guy. I'm great with the kids. There's nothing real about it. It's all cartoonish, right?" But that contradicts half the stuff that's in the movie for every other character, which makes them all look like dicks. Yeah. So many dicks. This is the biggest dick list I think we have on the show because everyone's a dick. Oh my goodness. Tony Lister, who plays Zeus. 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 Right? Um, he... He, the reason why there's not many lines for him is not because they're trying to make him tough, is because the script was being rewritten so often they didn't know what to give him. So they decide to keep him mostly quiet and grunting. <laughs> yeah, he's mostly just I, roaring I, throughout the film, isn't he? Like, yeah, yeah. I'd love to see the, the actual script, <laughs> the manuscript of when it gets to Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> what it actually says. I would have loved you know, it if Zeus actually, the first draft where Zeus was quite eloquent and said like mm. wonderful soliloquies and then it was just cut off and say, no, that's making him look too smart. We need to make him look like a brute. Zeus. What, you mean like a Chris Eubank type? Like, <laughs> Yes! <laughs> It'd be an, it would have been interesting for him to be like he is in the film, like when he's on camera in the film and then when they show him behind the scenes, he is like, well, that went very well. <laughs> But <laughs> I loved it. Oh, that was indubitably fantastic. I was absolutely and utterly wonderful. I grunted the best grunts I think I've done in my entire career. <laughs> Darling, you were fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. And the thing is that you can you can almost kind of see as the writing goes along in the script that I think it's a combination of, like I've mentioned, Hulk Hogan trying to look his best because they don't want to make him look like shit and also vince mcmahon having a real dig at peep at certain kinds of people particularly tv tv companies and trying to do his like his business like no no no, this is my business Ah, basically so (laughs) i don't know if that was a good vince or not i feel like doing vince hurts my throat yeah it's not i mean he's always done it though when whenever he's had he he's wanted to pick on somebody mm-hmm. um he'll have done something like he fell out with the uh with the inland revenue so he created the wrestler irs yeah yes he fell out with the parent teachers commission so he created the right to censor yes so he's he's always been that level of petty right so Let's go into one my, one of my favorite things when we're looking at bad movies is the reviews at the box office reception. And, oh boy, there's some interesting things here. Okay, so this movie is interesting because this movie actually debuted in number two behind Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. <laughs> so Which this shocked me that did, that it was number two. <laughs> it was number two. You know, it's like, you can never be my number one, but number two... <laughs> You know, Hulk would not have been happy about that, right? It sold about uh, $400 million in ticket sales. And apparently what it was that the budget was about $8 million, which 
yeah, it's all right. I see why. And, and there's been rumors around that Vince McMahon said the movie just broke even. So if we know about how movie f- things work, it's usually in order to break even, you have to double your budget. So this movie made about $16 million worldwide, <laughs> which is uh, something very, very special. Um, but however, the movie has been critically panned, as you could, I think, obviously, no shock there. Uh, the film was panned by critics at the moment on Rotten Tomatoes. It's just a whopping 10%. On Rotten Tomatoes, based on 21 reviews. But everybody has said terrible things, right? Uh, for example, uh, if one film critic said, it is tremendously crude, unapologetically manipulative, and aimed directly at easily entertained 13-year-old boys. Yeah. Can't argue, argue with that. that. Yeah. <laughs> Can't argue with that. But here's the thing. I, the reason why I want to pick this up is because there is one review, just one, that I have to read in its entirety because I think it is the biggest diss I have ever heard. It's so salty that you might as well just put it in a bacon sandwich. So (laughs) the Philadelphia Inquirer, Desmond Ryan, has remarked the following, and I'm going to read this. Get ready for this. I I, I wish we had some classical music underneath. I'll put this, I'll put that in post. So for months now, Dennis Hoffman and Robert De Niro have been sitting in their dens and nervously clutching their Oscars. They knew that an unprecedented challenge was looming in their preemptive standing among American actors. The arrival of Hulk Hogan and his first starring role in a movie. Rumor had it, and No Holds Barred confirms, that the great man would do a love scene and even an, an even essay an emotional breakdown at the hospital bed of a crippled brother. There is no limit to what the Hulk can do on stage and screen. After all, who's going to summon the nerve to tell him he can't? This is a... <laughs> that, that's too true. Um, he may one day want to do to try Hamlet, and I can see the billing now. Hulk Hogan versus Felonius Polonius. Uh, but from what I hope is a safe distance, let me point out a few things about Hulk's work in No Holds Barred. It needs work, Hulk. That's literally in the review. <laughs> literally going up to him going like, it needs work, Hulk. Buddy, Bubba, it needs help. To watch him is to behold the craft of acting placed in a half Nelson and gleefully choked to death. Oh, cretins and people who have who take professional wrestling seriously, and I'm bound to say the distinction between the two groups is lost on me, will flock to No Holds Barred and will not be disappointed. Pro wrestling is notorious for grotesquely bad acting masquerading as entertainment. Oh, that's a... Oh, that's a that, that's a stab in the heart. And that, along with the screenplay and direction of spectacular crudity is what you get in No Holds Barred. Hulk Hogan popped up in Rocky Three, and in No Holds Barred, he achieves the rare feat of making Sylvester Stallone seem sophisticated. (laughs) Clearly, Hulk is a man of many parts, though none of of them should include a part in another movie. It's all right, Dustin and Robert. You can now go back to sleep. (laughs) I mean, the Stallone thing, that's... Oh. <laughs> oh, wow. I read that and I just said to myself, I have never seen a review so salty in my life. Holy shit, that hurt on multiple I can imagine, levels. I can imagine that guy looking like the waiter in this movie. 
Oh my French god! I bet, I, I bet you secretly it is the way to the movie. Just say like, <laughs> oh, you know, he, uh, Hulk Hogan insulted me. Well, I'm going to insult him back. <laughs> I'm going to use all my power at the Philadelphia Inquirer to bury this man. <laughs> Despite this, in a weird way, the movie got, even though the box office success was just breaking even, apparently it did surprisingly well on VHS and Betamax and Laserdisc, uh, which came out, it came out in October 1989. Okay. Mm. So there was loads of trying to hype this up and, and they did surprisingly well. Not enough to warrant what was going to happen here. <laughs> which, which was the aftermath of this after, but enough to say, hmm. Um, there may be an option here. So, they did a massive, huge advertising campaign for this. Now, Carl, you know, you, you, you're aware of this, aren't you? Yes, I believe so, yes. So, this is the No Holds Barred, The Match, The Movie. The Match, Hulk Hogan and Brutus the Barber Beefcake, No Holds Barred, in a steel cage against Macho King Randy Savage and Zeus the movie Hulk Hogan as you've never seen him before no holds barred the match the movie together make the greatest tag team in sports entertainment history exclusively on pay-per-view yes the match the movie it was a, a double bill on I want to say NBC where they were doing Saturday mm. night's main event at the time yeah and uh, it was uh, a tag team steel cage match between yes. Brutus the Barber Beefcake, who, as a lot of people know, is Hulk Hogan's best friend, or was at the time, yeah. uh, and Hogan, versus Macho, might have been King at that point, Randy Savage, and Zeus in a cage. Um, and then it would be followed by the, the I'm guessing, the television premiere of the movie. Mm. Um, <laughs> I've seen the match. It's a... Terrible match. It's, <laughs> it's the fact that you've got to if you put people in a cage, it's for two reasons. One, you really want to play off the the hatred between these two uh, combatants, or in this case, four combatants. Or two, you're really trying to cover up the fact that no one in the match can wrestle, or very few of the combatants can wrestle. So yeah. we're going to use. The cage, which at that point was the big blue cage, which yes. you couldn't really see into, and it was yeah. also, and it was also the one that you always—I never understood it because it's supposed to have been inside a steel cage that looked plastic, right? That was a plastic cage. I I don't think it was plastic, but for some the fact it was painted blue. But yeah. if if you see it, you'll see. Uh, I don't know if you're going to talk about this. The promo that Zeus. Macho Man and Sherry uh, cut for this. Where <laughs> Sherry has a cauldron with dry ice coming out of it. Yes. Oh yeah. Ooh, zero weather. Uh-uh. Don't be frigid. Feel the heat. A one-way trip to the sun. Summer slam gets hotter and hotter and hotter. Sensational Sherry and the madness. Yeah. After the yellow and the red and Brutus the barber beefcake go down to Zeus and the macho man, yeah. They say that Miss Elizabeth <gasps> may or may not be at ringside. If I had my rathers, if I had my rathers, I'd rather her be there. And Sensational 
sure if she is there and after we destroy him and after they feel the heat, what are you going to do to Miss Elizabeth? Kill me, yeah! I'm going to take you and I'm going to stomp you onto the floor. Then I'm going to pick you up and I'm going to put you into the cold and I'm going And I'm going to stir it ever so slowly. To and I'm going to melt you down so there's nothing left. And as the bubbles rise from the cauldron of madness, tiny particles of you will just evaporate. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, I mean, we joked a bit about it earlier, but the amount of cocaine in the <laughs> WWF during the late 80s, early 90s must have been immense. There, it must it have was been... probably in that cauldron. It was yeah. on the fumes off the cauldron. They must have just popped their head in every so often, saying, all right, everyone dip your head into the cocaine cauldron. We need to come up with ideas. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we all know that Tiny Lister was not a wrestler, never had the time to be a wrestler, and never really, in a weird way, even though he wanted to, never really could pull it off. So they had to find multiple ways to hide the fact that he couldn't wrestle, okay? So he wrestled in only three matches in this entire time, each of them supposed to be leading into a build-up. There was supposedly a fourth that never happened. The first was a tag team match, which was basically the same kind of tag team match they had in a steel cage. So this happened at SummerSlam. Uh, SummerSlam, so it was Randy Savage and Zeus versus Hulk Hogan and Bruce Barber Beat Cave, right? So it yeah, was- Yeah, I watched that one. That one was good. Well, I say it's good. It was just funny. It's not. It's not a good match because because Zeus, and this is something we'll talk about in the movie. Zeus only seems to have three moves, which is punch, choke, and push. I'm convinced that's literally all he can pull off. You forgot um, about the peck twitch. That's what a good move. Yeah, I, I, the, 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 that that's like a taunt you do, like when you were like playing like WWE, like, like we playing No Mercy. You just do what, just do a peck taunt. Uh, I remember that one actually. Thing um, is, every time Macho tagged Zeus, he just smacked his pecs. That's how he tagged him himself. Oh, <laughs> because he's supposed to be brutish and wow. Okay, then there was a second match. Uh, there was a second match somewhere in between, but it doesn't actually say where it is. But I think it was possibly Survivor Series. It must have been Survivor Series, where it yeah. was an eight-man tag team match. Eight man, so that was hiding even more the fact that he can't wrestle, where he was eliminated by disqualification. So, oh, yeah. Okay. It's, I mean, I, I remember the all of these matches um, because yeah. I'm a fan of OSW Review and they covered the whole Hulkamania period, <laughs> yes. including the Zeus thing. Um, there is a bit where before he wrestled any of these matches, he I think it's where he first turns up, is he's just, it's Hogan versus Boss Man in a cage, which in itself is a really, really good match. Mm. surprisingly but Zeus is stood on the stairs as Hogan's coming towards him and he's just like arms folded and they sometimes in wrestling and you've probably seen this numerous times they will put a mic too near to a wrestler who thinks they're off mic yes (laughs) and uh, Zeus is one, he's not looking at Hogan. He's looking over Hogan's head and, like, to the back of the room for some reason. <laughs> and uh, all all you hear him say is go, fear me. Ha! And he really <laughs> emphasises the ha! And you're just like, okay. And I remember as a kid 
people in the playground telling me like he can't feel pain he can't feel pain but then <laughs> hogan figures out that they're all, he, there's like a weak spot like a boss in a platformer and the weak <laughs> spots between his eyes and only now i realize that that's not part of the storyline at all nope. it's just that they do the thing of hogan's run out of ideas so what do we do just twock him right between the eyes and see what happens <laughs> and it works it's a, it, it, yeah because it, it did turn it did kind of work in the movie at some point where he does the double axe handle in like in between the eyes i guess yeah. but it's never yeah it's never really played a part in any storyline or anything else it just happens to be a way to find so that you could knock out zeus without putting any extra work. Mm. Um, this then eventually led into its own thing, which was a no-holds-barred, the movie, the match, uh, which was a steel cage match. Now, this was a thing. This was roughly the same time. So in October, the VHS and the Betamax and all that came out, right? Then this came out as, as a pay-per-view. So you had to buy the pay-per-view in order to watch the match, which was supposed to be the blow-off match. But it mm. wasn't really, because they wanted if the pay-per-view sold... Rumor has it that it, that Zeus versus Hulk Hogan was going to main event WrestleMania 6. That's crazy. I mean, would he have to actually do a bit more wrestling training for that? I would have thought. Cause they, I, or would they, cause they, all the, all the, the times they've put him in matches, they've disguised the fact that he's, you know, not a wrestler, like putting mm. him with other people. But would, if he was by himself with Hogan, he would actually have to do a bit of wrestling, surely. Yeah. I but mean, the, but if you think, if you think about it in the movie, they don't wrestle anyway. So it would have just been that. Yeah. But with a movie, you can do it differently. You can shoot, you know, you can cut it with different angles and stuff and it's, you can make it look good. It's a live reenactment uh, of that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, over the years, there's been a few celebrity matches and they've all been worked. So one, you put them with somebody who can uh, make them look good. Like yeah. a, a good example of that is when Lawrence Taylor headlined WrestleMania, the football player, and he wrestled <laughs> yes. Bam Bam Bigelow. Yes, and, I remember that. And Bam Bam Bigelow basically... Flew around the ring for him, and and made him look, in terms of like celebrity matches, really good. Mm. But it was very apparent at the end of it because Lawrence Taylor couldn't stand. Uh, he had to be picked up because he was so exhausted. Then you've got things <laughs> like Floyd Mayweather when he wrestled at WrestleMania, the, yeah, big show, and that was done to make him look, you know. For, really good they could have done that with zeus but i don't think they would have thought about it in that way and the person who could have done that definitely wasn't hulk hogan yeah because hulk hogan would say like i'm not going to lose to a fictional character i think that's what his brain was i'm not going to lose hulkster doesn't lose to a fictional character so he has to win all the matches he basically all the matches that zeus was in he lost so, in other words, he was never considered a threat anyway. So, to have him as a main event after that would not have worked unless somehow Zeus actually beat Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Mm. And WrestleMania 6 was the big one in Canada that was in mm. the Sky Dome that was like 50,000 people. So, it was like one of the biggest shows they'd done in a good mm. few years. And to put Zeus on with Hogan. I mean, what ended up happening was Warrior Hogan, which was infinitely better than logic and physics dictated. <laughs> um, but, uh, it's, it, so 
I mean, and they did minimal stuff in that match, so it could have worked, but I don't think anyone would have bought into it. Nah, I think the having the the that match. I remember that match. I remember watching that match. It was the uh, it was the Intercontinental Champion versus the WWF Champion. So it was literally just a battle of the champions. Yeah. So that was that for that point. You didn't need a storyline. You didn't need anything. You're just like I'm the champ. I'm the champ. We're going to beat each other up because we're both champs. Who's the better champion? Easy, yeah. right? With Zeus, there's, it was weird how there's there was something there, but they just didn't book him right. And oh my god, now, this is now changed into a wrestling podcast, ladies and gentlemen. We're just going to budget, just go into wrestling. <laughs> but realistically, it's just it's so bizarre that they they decided to do this for a movie that even at launch was already considered a stinker and they tried to milk this as long as possible so that they could try and break even because they can clearly see like, well, this is a, you know, Hulk Hulkster's first attempt at a proper mainline movie did not go well. Hmm. Let's promote the shit out of it. <laughs> I mean, I like the idea of it. Uh, it's just, if the movie was actually good, it would have like been amazing. Like sort of the whole package would have been really good, but it's just the fact the movie's shit. So yeah, <laughs> it just I, didn't I mean, work. I, I, I admire the, uh, the idea. You admire the grapefruit of Vince McMahon. Yeah. For pulling because this they had, off. They had so much money at that point. It's like, let's just try stuff. See what sticks. So much cocaine. <laughs> I mean, they, they tried to do it in recent years. I think it was, what, 2006 or seven when See No Evil with Kane yes! came out. And that's not bad. It's, I mean, it's not hard to, well, it's it's kind of hard to mess up a a big, big man slasher, sort of chase kids around an abandoned mausoleum or whatever it was. But that one's actually good. And from what I understand, See No Evil 2 is actually better and, mm-hmm. but so they even tried doing that with a storyline on television where mm-hmm. he kept having things about May 19th and something tr- big's happening on May 19th, which was <clears throat> the film premiere. But- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, because, because once, because technically, uh, that, that storyline never got properly resolved because people were still saying, what was the whole May 19th thing? If you didn't watch the movies, you would have been really confused as to what that was all about. Yeah, I think, I think it got explained. Like afterwards in a throwaway line, it was like, oh, that was when my parents, uh, when the, when our parents' funeral home burnt down. And it was like, right. Well, surely that happens every year and you've not really given a stuff about it until now. <laughs> We we need to slip this in. The only other time they've ever not WWF in this time. The only other time this was ever really pulled off was the uh, the the WCW fiasco, which which, what's the name of that movie again? I forget. But stars uh, David David Arquette. Ready to rumble, David Arquette. The free the free stages of hell. The the gigantic free layered cage match, (laughs) and the fact that David Arquette won the WCW Heavyweight Championship. Even though he didn't want to, Russo, who was also very high on lots of cocaine, said this this will be great. So Well, it I mean, I don't know if you've had a chance to see have you seen the documentary that's come out? I think it was last year. I haven't, but I heard amazing stuff about it. Yeah, it's it's interesting because he took a lot of stick for a long mm. time. Um and 
I've watched this this documentary. I think it's called "You Can't Kill David Arquette" or "You Can't Stop David Arquette." Yeah, and it's about him basically coming back to wrestling to basically go. I know what I've done. Kick my ass, and you know, you know, let everyone go home happy. And he he does basically. I've watched a couple of the matches. One of them, he gets like sliced open with a light tube. (laughs) Basically, all the matches he agrees to do are against people who you take one look at and go, they're gonna kill him. <laughs> it's kind of like I think it's basically like just like a, a stress relief in this point. It was sort of like all the all, all the build up of people who are fans of WCW and say, like, "You, you're the reason." And it was like it's like a weird scapegoat idea when really WCW had way too many problems, way yeah. more problems. But it's like you represent that thing that I used to like and now was hated. So I'm gonna bust you wide open. <laughs> I think that the whole thing would have probably been accepted a lot better if the film wasn't a massive slap in the face to anybody that liked wrestling. Kind of a little bit like this movie. Yeah. <laughs> this, this one, I'd, I'd say, doesn't insult wrestling fans as much as, as Ready to Rumble. Order now through Centcom Cable Television. Phone 552-2288. Let's finally, we have talked enough about act, about genuine wrestling. I think it's about time we actually try and attempt to actually talk about this movie. Now, people, uh, now in order to talk about the movie, you d- realistically, you don't really need to know a lot about the plot. The plot's kind of jumping around all over the place. Realistically, all you need to know is Rip, Rip played by Hulk Hogan. He is the current WWF champion which is gonna, we're going to break it down in a moment, WF champion, and he's just doing his thing. Unfortunately, then, he, he has been forced into some weird-ass positions by by uh, by Brell and a few other people as well in this uh, in the world... Is, is it a world television network? Network, I believe it? yeah. The world television yeah. network, so WTN. Um, and for some reason, they really want Hulk Hogan or Rip to be a part of their TV sort of uh, as part of their network in some way or another. I'm not sure. I don't think these guys know how wrestling works. Um, <laughs> but then, then, but so therefore they try to say, well, if we can't have him. We're going to try and find our own wrestling organization or something like that, which leads into the introduction of Zeus. And so the whole mat, the whole thing is just basically him and Zeus screwing over with Rip to try and find ways to get into a one-on-one match. The final match to prove who is the bat, who is, who's, who's superior in the Battle of the Tough Guys, which is, no offense, is the worst name for a tournament. <laughs> and you, the best, yeah. in, a, in, in, a, in terms of a comedy way. <laughs> you, you say they don't understand how wrestling works. When they're having the meeting at the start, yeah. uh, the rival TV executives are saying, whenever Rip's on television, we're last in the time slot. If you're last in the time slot, there's a fair few channels between you and whatever's top. Yeah. So, Rip being number one is not your number one problem. Your network's crap, <laughs> basically. They never want to acknowledge that it's their fault. They're just yeah. rubbish at making TV shows. Yeah. Uh, like, what, what They don't really mention what they're putting out. When when they have the meetings, like, oh, what should we do? Or oh, we could do a, a game show, or we could do uh, a new primetime drama. This, Brell's just like, no, it's got to be wrestling, because yeah. that's what's number one at the moment. Which, I suppose, fair enough, but it does show that Brell's not really running a tight ship here. 
Mr. Burrell, I'm told that Rip's word is his bond. Bond? Then we get him to break his bond! What's his price? That's what I want to know. What's his price? With uh, all due respect, Mr. Burrell, others have asked that question. He smashes the paperweights. Every last one of you, spare me your mealy mouth with all due respect crap. What this network needs, this network gets. I promise you that. Ugh. We also talked about like uh, the fact that Rip is a little bit different to Hogan in terms of like he, he roars a lot, doesn't he? Like when, like when you first see like the character Rip, yeah. his entrance is this. I'll play this. Go on. And his opponent, the World Wrestling Federation heavyweight champion, Rip. It's weird he's just called Rip. <laughs> I mean, this is like 70s Hulk at this point. Like, incredible Hulk. And, and what you're looking at during this noise is a close-up of him in silhouette shaking his face with... Sweat and I'm guessing slobber coming off him, yeah, like hooch from Turner and Hooch, yeah. <laughs> and he's yeah. like backlit as well, so everything is like sort of all this spit and everything is like yeah. glowing. Like, <laughs> I mean, who's gonna look at that and go, That's my guy? <laughs> he looks <laughs> terrifying. And look, <laughs> in, in, instead of like Hulkamania and so on, they just do slight things, for example, instead of doing that, instead of the Hulkamaniacs, um, stuff like that, it the crowd's going, Rip him. Rip him, rip him. And there's a funny thing as well. In this sequence, there's some terrible dubbing. There's some yes. really bad dubbing of Hulk's, uh, who doesn't even sound like he's tired and running around going, yeah, brother, rah, 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 rip him, rip him, rip him. I'm like, that sounds like you are in a studio instead of being in the state. <laughs> and they're not even trying to cover that fact. You can see his mouth going and something else is coming out. Um <laughs> I like the fact they throw in more lines when his head is turned because we're introduced to to Randy and Charlie. Yes. Who, if, you, if you've ever watched wrestling, wrestlers don't tend to bring their real-life little brother and their coach with them, yeah. uh, like in a boxing match. Mm. Um, and Mean Gene, I, I don't know why this line tickled me, but he goes, he goes, there's a very special relationship between Rip and Randy going on, Jesse. And you're like, what? <laughs> it's like, they're brothers. And yeah, and then it says, but when their parents died, Rip Rip became much more to Randy than just a brother. I was like, oh, right. But that first line, it was a very Bruce Wayne and Dick Grayson sort of <laughs> Batman 66 feel to it. Slightly yeah. homoerotic duo. <laughs> yeah. And oh. it, it, it was bizarre. And, but... I was like, why would you bring your little brother with you sort of to the ring? I mean, I understand in when we see later on what happens to Randy. Uh, yeah. It's why, why you would do it. But it's just quite odd. The yeah. whole thing is quite odd because just like we've kind of been mentioning throughout so far is that it doesn't know whether it wants to take it as wrestling or as a real sport. And mm. it's been like that the entire time. So it's so in other words, in a real sport, like in boxing matches or later on, like in UFC, yeah, you'd have an entourage come with you into the ring and you'd do the support thing and be like, yeah, whatever. Um, unless, unless Randy and Charlie are both like official, uh, got manager's licenses. <laughs> I don't know if that would be allowed. 
Yeah, this this yeah. is the thing. It, it wants to, and I know in in real life, Vince McMahon before pro- taking over wrestling promoted boxing. Yes, that was his big thing. So they're treating to me. They seem to be treating the wrestlers as boxers mm-hmm. in terms of how they behave. Um, they've got coaches. They've got private gyms. You know, they've they've done that, and it, it almost the film almost makes a bit more sense if you come at it from that. That thing, but it, that ate that way. But if you're watching wrestling, you go, that's not what happens. This is where Brell and the TV studio looking at this one match. There's one match, which just to go through it quickly, there are, obviously because it's been connected to the WWE, um, there are loads of cameos in it. So, uh, what, so basically there's, there's quite a few cameos. Obviously we've already mentioned Mean Gene Oakland. Uh, we've already mentioned, uh, Howard Fink. We mentioned Howard Finkel is in this, which is quite fun. Jesse, Jesse the Body Ventura. We know about him because my God, that headdress is going to haunt me for life. Just <laughs> what the fuck is he wearing? Jesse Ventura, I've seen some outlandish outfits before, but this one takes the cake. Mean Gene, how dare you criticize how I dress? I dress for the occasion, and this is a stupendous occasion, and I'm dressed, of course, stupendously. Stupendously, I think, would have to be the word. I'm just, ugh. Right, there's also, uh, Bill, there's, there's, there's also, there's also Bill, uh, Bill Eddy as well, who, uh, mm-hmm. who's also, who's basically, I think, was the first opponent. I believe yes, in the first match. Jake Bullet. Jake Bullet, who is, I believe he's the other half of Demolition, isn't he? Yeah, he's Demolition Axe. Yeah. And here's one interesting thing a very, 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 very young Buff Bagwell is in this movie as ex, as, as in, he's extra. He's an extra, appears in multiple scenes. Right. I, I heard that, but I couldn't see him. He's but so he, baby faced, you couldn't yeah. tell. Uh, he, he's, he's usually hanging about in the. Uh, he's usually hanging about in the um, in the bar scenes. So he's just hanging around somewhere, doing a couple of claps. Buff Bagwell before he got super buff, and definitely before it became a male gigolo, which is what his current status. Sadly, poor Buff. Yeah. He's he's. He, I've seen him come back in. A lot of wrestlers now are hitting the comeback trail every so often, and I've seen Buff Bagwell. Uh, wrestle in a in a match where he actually he he it's not a bad match but he's got that thing of the upper body and the arms are still muscular but then there's that gut the dad bod situation where it's sort of it's, like it's quite dad body yeah and but he still looks in like phenomenal shape but he's you know he's breathing in a bit <laughs> give it a bit of a tuck. down yeah yeah so yeah those, those are those are most of the cameos there's quite a few like also just minor celebrities and stuff like that but really those are the big ones in terms of wrestling now let's go back to after the meeting well basically Brel has just chewed out the entire staff, the, the the entire like everyone there in the boardroom calling. I love this one line. She he goes up to one one woman goes up and says like, "Oh, I've got a great idea for a sitcom." It's like, and she he literally goes, "No." And but for some reason, this really tickled me. He goes and says, "Miss Tidings, take a leak." <laughs> just and she's well, horrified. He oh. says lines that people don't talk like that at all. It's just that he's just a cartoon character, cartoon villain, isn't he? I mean, yeah. one of my favorite things he ever says, and I've never seen anyone say this other than him. He calls everyone or all these wrestlers jock asses. What the hell is a jock ass? 
I don't know. I've got a clip of when he he's try he has a meeting with Rip, yes. and he tries to uh, 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 like make a deal with him. Where are you going? I'm leaving, Mister Bro. Wait a minute. I said, wait a minute. You're not going anywhere until you and I come to an agreement. Watch me. Are you trying to tell me my money's not good enough for you? I find that a little hard to swallow, you jockass! There we go. <laughs> so what happens in that scene then, he, he looks at the blank check, Rip yeah. looks at the blank check, and they kind of think, oh, yeah, you, you kinda, you're thinking about it. Mm-hmm. But then he does this. Uh... There you, go, you can hear him. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! So he shoves it in his mouth. It's amazing. And, and this and this is the bit where we're introduced to Angry Hulk, basically. It's oh. it's probably got one of the best the best joke in the movie, which is when he sticks it in his mouth and tries to make him swallow it, he says, I'm not gonna be around when this check clears. That's <laughs> the best joke. Oh and it's also see- the idea that Hulk in in his everyday life walks around in a full spandex bodysuit, yes. including like almost like a girdle drawstring on the back. Yeah. Uh, all his outfits are fantastic. And it's just they, they're kind of they're so gear. distracting in the scenes, which yeah. is, which is great. He, well he, after that point, mm. uh they because he's said no to like yeah. Brel, like he's in the limo on the way back, and they just the limo obviously is is owned by Brel, and he, he he takes a little bit of a detour, doesn't he? And he's trying to smash his way out of the of the, of the limo. All right, all right. But we, what we, I loved about this scene is the music. It's got synth, sexy sax. Listen to this. Go on. This is not what you expect from your action scene. Boo doo doo boo doo boo doo boo. Right. <laughs> okay. It, 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 context so he's just to this. kicking the car apart, isn't he? Like two ton car, he's just smashing it. Yeah. He's showing him whenever he kicks the side, they show the the limo veers. That Hawk's <laughs> kick is so strong, he's knocking the limo off course. Right. And, and this is what I love about it. Because this basically, once once he leaves, Brel makes a phone call to calling the garage. And literally, apparently, by calling the garage, he has organized a, a limo to take him into an abandoned warehouse where gangsters are already there to beat the hell out of him. And to, this is the bit that gets me, is... W- at this moment, I'm not entirely sure who it's supposed to be aimed for. Is it aimed at wrestling fans? Is it aimed at casual people? Is it aimed at kids? Is it aimed at adults? And then this bit happens when the car's at a full stop and everyone's got, like ready to beat him. He's got like everyone's ready to go. He fucking bursts out of the roof. <laughs> So I said earlier about like the 1970s Incredible Hulk is very much sort of like that at that point. Slow motion, like out the car, the top of the car. And he beats every, it's quite a good fight scene, actually. It's quite a good fight scene. He beats like everyone up in this parking lot. And it it literally, most of them are like with super punches. He does a couple of body slams and you're thinking, yeah, okay. Other than like the weird cartoonish, almost pyro entrance through the goddamn limo, everything else is kind of awesome. And then when he finally beats everyone up, it gets to what's, this is the most memeable thing in the whole movie where they go over to the smarky little like, 
you know, hey, the limo drivers who say like, yeah, and oh, now you're going to clock me out, right? So the Hulkster goes over, rips the door open, <laughs> and then this happens. Oh. <laughs> Why is he acting like a dog? <laughs> What's that smell? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm laughing at it, but it's, I hate, I hate like uh, poop jokes. I hate toilet humor. It's really, I just, I don't. Uh, Vince really likes toilet humor, doesn't oh, 100%. it? Like, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's oh, you, definitely you a Vince know he line. Was crying, laughing at that yeah. when they it's, came up with it. See the guy melting down, saying "dookie." It's such that's 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 a kids joke, right? Yeah, yeah it's super joke. gross. You, you see his like wet trousers as well. It's just like, horrible. It's <laughs> close up. It's, it's on his back. How <laughs> how bad he splooge like just yeah. on the back of him. And, and the thing was, if if you're in a fight and yes. you've just beaten like six henchmen with with metal poles you know yes. you've spent one of the metal poles in the fight as someone's trying to attack you you've been hit <laughs> with one and you've just no sold it and then you grab someone and they crap their pants you don't really i don't think you'd stop and go what's that smell <laughs> he lost all momentum yeah. <laughs> Yeah. completely confused him for a moment and then the fact he's growling like a which he does a lot in this film he growls yeah. like a dog at whoever it is he's fighting yeah mm. but he's about what four inches from this guy's face going, arr, arr, arr. even when the guy's talking he, you can still hear him going arr, arr, arr. who's oh god i think basically that that the the roaring thing that has to be a hulk thing the hulk's is going to say like i'm gonna i'm gonna grunt and roar like a dog right and the director just like uh just like in that horribly funny review i don't think the, re- the director had any idea how to say no to that i bet mm. a director was saying like no that's dumb but who's gonna say no to the hulkster so mm. I wonder yeah, how Yeah, I bet the director had no say mm. in this movie at all. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I think he's just there to make sure everyone else was all right. It's, I wouldn't it, be surprised if there was a lot of one-take shots and it just directly yells cut and just without even looking at them just goes, that's great, Hulk, let's move on. Like, let's get out of this. Let's get through this dumpster fire quickly. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Funny thing is, after that, it instantly cuts and moves to the next scene, which is this, this is the scene when we're introduced to Samantha and Moore. Which yeah, I've, 
I've got a clip of her if you want to hear this. Yes, please. Rip, we'd love to hear your thoughts on this. <clears throat> Pardon me? We were speaking about your image, the Rip character. I'd be very interested in your thoughts on this. Ms. Moore, the Rip character, wants me to tell you that his main outside interest is his charity work. He says maybe you could put that in your brief. Jesus. The reason why I've got to save that clip is because he's going on about like there about his charity work, but before that, he was just looking at her like she's meat, like yeah. constantly, like she, she's walking mm-hmm. back and forth down the board meeting, and he's like, he's he, you know, his eyes are glued to it, and he just it's disgusting. But then of course, no, I'm talking about my charity work after that point, and it's it's just so conflicted <laughs> he's biting his thumb at one point yeah and kind of looking away and mm. this this was one of the things that when when talking to my friend who was in wrestling mark and he said i'm not watching that film mm. uh, and he said it was because of the predatory nature that is going <laughs> through this film yes like, it's i don't remember it being that bad and then i watched this scene again it's like oh i can see what he's talking about now it's so and the thing is him being a being like a sexy predator right being like a sexual predator uh is it it it, it changes throughout the movie because he's such he's so like he swaps the moments like yeah now i'm now i'm lusting for her then his moments where i'm not lusting for you at all and you're a bitch and and then it cuts the other time. It's like, no, we're fine. We're, we're in love suddenly. Sure. Why not? Okay. Keep consistency. Anyway, so I was getting mad already. Well, yeah, I mean, she says basically, uh, well, let's talk about it over dinner then, doesn't it? So in a, a bit later on, they yeah. go to dinner and it's like a really, she, she says, she looks up him up and down and says like, it's dressy so he's I like obviously because he's, he's in spandex at the time and like so they turns up for this very very posh uh french restaurant that's got even got like a lady playing the harp like, I, I, it, it, look, it looks it looks like it was a converted church that turned into a fancy french restaurant that would look like it's got like the stained glass windows and all the the weird sort of like that kind of look so it looks really fancy and then he walks in in a full white suit and he looks so it's uncomfortable <laughs> he looks so awkward he looks like he's sitting there thinking like i'm about to burst out of this suit at any minute <laughs> i i just remember thinking like turns up at a restaurant in a full bright white suit just like brave brave choice <laughs> you're gonna have wine if you're having red wine oh no uh and this is where we're introduced to uh to the french waiter who, this is the thing. This entire scene is brilliant but frustrating because, I, Ed, I know you've got the clip at the ready. I know you have it. So I'm going to play yeah. that now and I'm going to talk about my grievances about it afterwards because, my goodness, <laughs> go. Okay, so he's, he's the waiter is constantly just looking at Samantha and ignoring yes. Hulk and he's talking to her and he says this. I recommend the quiche. That's uh, cheese pie with uh, snails to you. No... I don't think no, that he... No, 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 and then, but this is the thing that angers me slightly about this, right? He is clear, he's been nicknamed, he's, he's been told he is new here, 
right? He is new here, right? He's the new host waiter. He is new here and doesn't know that Rip comes here on the regular and everyone knows him except him. So this all just feels like just just a mean, just a sense to be mean. This whole scene just feels to be a build-up to just be mean and to also show that the holster is cultured. Yeah, it's just a bit far-fetched, isn't it? It's like, there's so much, like, like um, pro-Hulk kind of, like, the boosting of the ego of Hulk in that's, this movie. That is just like, yeah, I, I, I'm Mr. Perfect in every way. Like, no, no, we already had a Mr. Perfect. He can't yeah. be Mr. Perfect. Um, but yeah, yeah, because after and during that bit, everyone else, everyone else, apparently, the entire restaurant, except this one waiter who doesn't know who the fuck he is, they all come out and go like, hey, Rip, how are you doing? I'm so sorry. Has he been bugging you? He's new here. He's a dick. Meet the dick. Go away, dick. Oh, should we get the regular? Should we get the good stuff that we keep in the back, Hulkster? Oh, my God. And basically, it's just, it, it's all... It's it's all just done so mean spirited that I sat there thinking, I feel sorry for everyone involved in this scene. <laughs> yeah, the, just the, the and then Rip speaks French, but yes. sort of basic, broken, been doing GCSE French for a couple of weeks. French yes. <laughs> that's it, made him enough to sound sophisticated and cultured. <laughs> So I suppose the next part of the movie, it kind of moves on to like Brel looking for some like entertainment, like new entertainment for the show. So he's, he's yes, kind he kind of is. goes to like a really rough bar, mm. doesn't yeah. he, with these with these guys, and they check out um, some matches. This bar is excellent. It's got like everything going on. There's people having like, tattoos. There's people I fighting. Yeah, I was going to say you see you see a woman getting a thigh tattooed as, as you go in. It's like. The, oh, it's brilliant! I kind of, I kind of love this bar. I wish there was there was a real bar like this because I love how when all, all the suits are going in, they're going, Ugh, "Look at the scum!" It's all just like horribly nasty people. If I went there, I'd be like, "Hey, this sounds like fun." There's beer here. There's tattoos here. Rock music. There's a ring. Super. Sign me up. <laughs> I was looking at it thinking, I've been in bars that are, maybe not the ring, but I've been in bars that have had this aesthetic. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like with the sports clock and the tires and stuff. And, you know, mm. it's, I'm just like, I've been in, I've been in worse. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. The clip I've got from this scene, and my favorite bit is when the two, like, guys, uh, the two sort of like, members of staff with Brel go to the go to the bathroom yes <laughs> and I've got a clip of that who do you call an idiot you maggot <laughs> certainly not you sir we meant the other idiot yeah. I mean the gentleman no 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 don't please what 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 do we got here a teeny one here's <laughs> another Oh my God. Ain't even worth it. <laughs> what the hell? So that guy is a, a wrestler, isn't he? The That's guy Stan Hansen. Yeah, yeah. Stan Hansen. He's he's a, a WWE Hall of Famer. He's he's famously like one of. <laughs> the only re- big major wrestlers who didn't really work for WWE. Uh, yeah. He was in Japan a lot. It, famously, it's him. There's a match with him and Vader 
where he hits mm. Vader so hard his eye pops out. I've heard of that one. <laughs> wow. So yeah. he, he, he yeah, so he's so he's a tough guy. He's a genuine tough guy. But he's supposed to be, he's playing the idiot here, but he's playing this big tough guy. Uh, we had to explain the bathroom slightly because the two guys go into the bathroom. It looks, I'm not going to lie, it does look like rancid because one of the urinals is just full of piss. <laughs> and then the other urinals there, there's a dog on the in the corner, which that leaves me confused. And then these guys, and then obviously he comes out, boosh, breaks down the door, looks at their wangs, call them tiny, and then runs off. What a randomly hilarious scene. <laughs> It's it's not too far off his wrestling character as well, because when you first get introduced to him before the bathroom, he's yeah. chewing a massive cud of chewing tobacco. Yes. And that used to be because he basically has a like a, a cowboy character. because mm. um, yeah. he's the la- the lariat. But he would come out with like this massive wedge of, of spitting tobacco. And it's disgusting. <laughs> One of the first matches I ever saw, he comes to the ring and it's it's like he's got a mop head in his mouth. And it's run all down his chest and everything. And it, it's not even like he uses it as a weapon. He'll put it, he'll spit it into a spittoon before he starts. But in this, he's he's got the same. And this, if you're a wrestling fan, you'll go, that's Stan Hansen. And then you realise that it's pretty much just Stan Hansen. <laughs> they just hide him, dressed... they hide him for his character and say, hey, go, just yeah. chew and spit. They oh, dressed but... him in like 80s workout gear instead of cowboy stuff. With his <laughs> belly top. Thing is, he's generally one of the. He, for me, he's one of the more interesting. He's one of the more fun characters to watch because he knows he he, he is. And like you mentioned, good thing that I didn't know he was a full blown wrestler. But mm. the fact that he is he is a genuine wrestling character. Like you could yeah. see him, in, you you and you do you see him in other places, and he could pass for his wrestling character. This then introduced a little bit more into the bar where they realized that there is an eight sided ring. There is an mm. eight sided ring, so doesn't mean that oh, no holds barred uh, influenced the octagon. <laughs> I think it does. <laughs> so No Holds Barred is the reason why the UFC kind of exists now. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, so this is the thing. They go and say, so everyone say like, well, where's the referee? What's happening here? It's like, there are no rules. Basically, first, last man standing. Basically. Well, the referees, he says, the referees at the bar. And the referee was just chatting someone up having a drink at the bar. Yeah, you you can see the ref when they cut to the scene of, of Brell and the other executives. And the executives are going like, this is insane. In the background, you can see the referee. And he's slumped over unconscious on the bar. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. It's so good. I love the aesthetic of this. I love the idea that this is basically just death match rules almost in a weird way. It's mm. just... Last, you know, basically last man standing. Who, if, if the if the guy can't get up, he loses. Simple. And so Brell yeah. looks at this and going like, "There's money here," because I'm, I'm the guy's like, "What? Are you crazy? You can't do it." They'll, they'll cheer for anything. Exactly. <laughs> they will cheer for anything. So let's get them. And so this introduces to the Battle of the Tough Guys tournament, the <laughs> campest name that you could give. <laughs> to uh, this brutal death match of the environment. What are we going to talk? What are we going to call them? We're going to call them tough guys. And then you it know? cuts to like a montage, isn't it? Of like different like people that could be that like, it's sort of like in the challenge. Yeah. And it's kind of like, like the village people a little bit. <laughs> like he's kind of looking around like different members of the village, village people. And then like, um, yeah, so it builds to, 
a massive sort of TV version of this, doesn't it? Yes, basically. The first televised match, yeah. Yeah. And uh, just if you if you liked the teeny wangers joke the first time, <laughs> you can uh, hear it again now. <laughs> Let's go. Well, if it ain't the teeny wangers. <laughs> Love it. They're going to make this a running joke. <laughs> what I love about this thing, so basically I'll display that. So like the the two uh, guys are there again, Brel's men, and yeah. like um, uh, they see him again. But like what I love is the waitress that's just supporting, yeah. <laughs> going, teeny, <laughs> teeny. Love it. I love it. It's this, uh, yeah, because... All, all the regulars from the bar are just hanging about. They just now put cameras in it, right? And yeah. so they bring in the, the all these weird characters. I love how one guy, they're basically they're all like very cartoonish wrestler-like characters. One's a brute with an eye patch. The other guy is just like a big slob. The other guy has half has half his teeth. Perfect, right? And as opposed to just clobber each other. The thing with them with these death matches is if it's supposed, and this is the thing that kind of bugs me a little bit, but I kind of like this in a weird way, is that, yes, they're trying to make it look like real fights, right? So, so there's not a lot of wrestling moves. The only problem is this is supposed to be a wrestling movie. Where are the drop kicks? Where are the power slams? Where are the things from the top rope? We barely see this. No, it's a lot of punching, isn't there? Loads of punches, brawling, and rest holds, really. And rest holds. It's basically a Randy Orton match. Um, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> it, it's interesting because, uh, like you say, we we see all these these tough guys. And you mentioned the guy with the eye patch because what this is is building up to is is the arrival of of Zeus, and it's yeah. just a quick little gag that I love is when everybody does the stop and turn around to see Zeus enter. The guy with the eye patch lifts his eye patch to reveal his eyes yes. completely fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's all just a gimmick. Yeah. It's all just a gimmick. Before this point, I was having a really hard time with this movie. I wasn't getting behind it. And then fucking Zeus comes in in the most epic way I think ever. He literally kicks down an entire steel wall door. He kicks down the entire door. <laughs> Boosh. Yeah. Light booming from the back. There's only a silhouette. He's walking past, goes into it. And then you see the behemoth that is Zeus. He grabs the female producer by the face, lifts her up and throws her and dunks her into a barrel. Uh, excuse me. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> He keeps walking, cross-eyed, got a fucking bandage over his eye. He's looking in, and then Brel, everyone's like terrified, and Brel kind of looks over at him and goes like, let him fight. <laughs> he just goes in, clobbers everyone. And I was instantly in love. He he is, my God, we've got the Brock Lesnar of this bitch. We've got it. He is unstoppable. Oh, Let's, I, uh, I'd like to think that there's... In the script initially, before Vincent Hogan had it, there was a little scene of Zeus just just before he breaks down the wall, going, "Okay, Zeusy, all you've got to do is knock down the wall and look really hard, and you'll get out of this TV show." What motivates you to go? How do I walk into this place? I'm gonna knock that wall down. Better make sure there's some lights behind me. Okay, and three, two, one. 
So, should we hear Zeus introduce himself? Fuck yes. The winner and $100,000 richer, the champion of the Battle of the Tough Guys is... What was the name? Do you know what that sounds like to me? That sounds like everything, every kind of like horror movie trailer. You know when you get like a noise of like a, a, a monster, like at the end of it before the title comes on the screen, you get like a, oh, then a. <laughs> it's it's also the bit where at the end of it because you missed a bit at the end of it where the where, where, where it goes Zeus and then Brown goes. I like it. <laughs> it's like, I love it. Perfect. We've got our heat. We've got our big guy here. We've got our champ. I just oh. like the little bit of, because all the way through Brel's this super confident, super aggressive, like yeah. take no prisoners. Just that little bit where he just goes, what's your name? <laughs> it's like, it just gets it's almost the... like he's not acting at that point. He's forgotten. <laughs> And all this is like really sort of like uh, with with Brel. He's he's not just excited. He looks a bit turned on by all of this, doesn't he? I he's know. so like, he's so like oh like oh it's just such beef, so much beef. <laughs> it's it's the it's the it's the Vince McMahon loving big sweaty men trope. It is yeah. it, by him. It makes me wonder because there was there was talk at the time, and I've seen it in other reviews where they've talked about this film that Vince invented Brel to be like. Ted Turner and almost like the WCW and other promoters. Yeah. But it's really just him. It yeah. is just him. It is mo- yeah. it is just implementing a little bit of him. Zeus is now officially champ of the battle champ of the the champion of the battle of the tough guys, which is a mouthful. A genuine mm. fucking mouthful. Um which then leads him to other matches. There's, other, there's another match he has later on where he's literally in the middle of what seems to be a steelworks, just beating the hell out of another guy with a giant wrench. It, these matches are interesting because one of them, he beats Stan Hansen and it's the one that yeah. rips sees on TV. Yeah. But at the end of it, he drops to one knee and reaches down and you think, oh, this is it. He's going to hit like a killing blow. And he just seems to rip a chunk of Stan Hansen's hair out. Yeah! Yes! He just and pulled out his hair. like he's ripped his heart out of his chest. <laughs> <laughs> I have made him slightly bald. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's supposed to be like a feat of strength, but I'm like, mm. like it, it, uh, I think this is the problem a little bit. Like it, it needed to. I'm not sure. I'm not. I'm not saying it needed to be gorier or bloodier or more ridiculous. But there are moments like that where you could have done like I've ripped out like his ear or something, and like. Mm. Ah! It's like, oh, whoa, whoa. That would fall more under the, like, the Japanese deathmatch rules, not, like, pulling a piece of his hair and go, look at it. Yeah, well, it's only a PG-13 movie, wasn't it? It couldn't do yeah. too much, so. Yeah, they couldn't yeah. do that, it's yeah. It's like waitresses recoiling in horror, like, oh, my God, what's he done? He's giving him <laughs> a haircut. <laughs> this is another the bit where it's basically building the relationship between Rip and uh, Amanda, Samantha. S- Samantha uh, and more. <laughs> yeah, so there's a bit where they they're traveling somewhere and they go to that. He, Brip goes, "Let me cho- choose the, uh, the the dinner yes! spot." <laughs> so they go to like a proper like diner where he knows the the waitress, and then this is just to show like Hogan like beating like a uh, sort of robbers <laughs> because the yeah. robbers like enter the uh, the uh, the diner, and he mm. just like I don't know why they didn't notice. 
Hogan kind of in there. Like he, he basically just jumps out of his chair and starts ripping the the stools off. But he throws one stool, but then after that, he just throws a load of pies. Well, I'll just get set the tone of that, but with Go a little on, clip. That's him just chucking pies. I love the tunes, by the way. Wait, lyrics. You know, on this show, yeah, we love literal lyrics. Yes. Like the first line of that song is, I got ketchup on my blue jeans. (laughs) It's it's just like saying, yeah, Rip Rip comes in, destroys these robbers, makes a fucking mess of the place. And that's the thing, at the end, the woman who they know each other very well is like, oh, thank you for stopping the robbers. Dude, are you going to pay for this shit? You ruined the entire diner. Nothing is salvageable. There's chairs broken, tables are busted. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I I love this this scene. I just like diners like this. But the thing the thing that we we miss there is that he picks the spot and they go in the limo to the private single propeller plane yes! to go to a diner. <laughs> Oh and my god, so, yeah, because yeah, they fly. <laughs> yeah, because that's under Samantha's tab. Samantha Ann Moore's tab. It's like, oh, I've arranged everything. It's like, no, 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 no. Let me, if you're doing that, let me get the diner. So they fucking fly to the diner. And that's ridiculous. This then cuts into another bit where basically they go into the hotel, the, the hotel that Samantha has booked. Turns yeah. out there was a little problem with the booking. And it turns out it's only just one room. Oh no! So how are they going to coexist? Well, <laughs> there's a lot of shenanigans in this sequence. Rip creates a partition in the bed, yes. like with some tape and some like some sheets. And uh, there's this whole sort of build-up scene where they're both brushing their teeth, and it cuts to like her in the bathroom. Then he's in the main room and he's brushing his teeth, and then he gets to his his side of the bed. And she comes out in just her underwear. I mean, she, what, what is she trying to do? She, she, at, the, at the time, she's, she's, it's like, I can't decide whether she's trying to seduce him or she's not. But she, I think she's a bit conflicted herself, isn't she? Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, basically, um, they start going to sleep and uh, <laughs> Samantha wakes up and hears something. I've got a clip of that. Well, okay, come on. I mean, what's he doing? So she looks round through the sheet. Don't wait up for me. And there he is doing press ups. He wasn't uh, wanking. There we go. <laughs> oh, it's uh, yeah. It builds up to a wank joke. It builds up to like a wanking joke. It's like, oh my god, what's he doing on his own? We wouldn't have this problem if you'd stay on your side of the bed. How dare you? Hey, chill out. The bed broke. Save it, Rip. I'm not one of your ditzy groupies. You don't need this. He finishes press ups and he jumps on the bed and it breaks and she just lands on him. And yet she, so they have this little fight and he basically says, I don't need this partisan. You put up big walls and I ever could, bigger walls than I ever could. 
there is a sofa has that, that has got more of a sense of humor than you do. Yeah, and that, and that well. storms off. But what I want, reason why I was talking like that before, because the, you don't cut. This is the thing you don't you don't cut instantly to Hulk Hogan doing press ups. You there's a weird ass shot where she opens Literally. the curtain and you just see the ends of his feet. And yeah, you, and you don't know what that is. And then you cut to it, and then you see. Oily, oily, suntanned, oily, oily, oily Hulkster doing press ups. It's a, it's an ugly sight. It's just, it's, he's glistening in the moonlight. It's, it's weird because you see, it's his heels, isn't it? It's like yeah. his heels are together. And I think they're supposed to look like an arse. And they're like, oh, it's not really an arse. It's his heels. And what's the next shot after that? Hulk Hogan's ass coming up and down, covered in, covered in oil and like somehow more oh. tanned than he was when he got into bed, which is fascinating. I know, how did he get more brown? How did he get more brown? And yeah, and that's, and that's the scene there. It cuts off from there. And there we go. This then immediately then cuts after this bit, this bizarre press up sequence. It cuts directly to Samantha and Brell. Uh, yeah. where it turns out Samantha's a mole. <gasps> oh no, Samantha's been a plan trying to, it's because she's trying to seduce, she's supposed to have seduced um, Rip so they could have signed over with Brell. But no, that didn't happen because somehow she grew feelings. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I guess that's why she in the scene, she's got her underwear on, but then she doesn't want to go through with it in the end, does she? But in, in the actual scene. But uh, yeah. yeah, so he... Um, then like attacks uh, Samantha doesn't well, she? vicious slap vicious slap and she storms out of there and goes straight to um, to, to rip yeah he, and, uh, he backhands her so hard and then she kind of runs out of the room and then it does a like almost like a TV movie thing where he chases up to the door which from what we can tell isn't locked and he just like puts his hands on the door frame yes! and then turns around and looks uh, almost at the camera and it zooms in on him yes! and then it cuts to a different scene and it's like <sighs> is that the telly edit but i'm i'm watching the the blu-ray edit which they really didn't change much um, <sighs> and yeah he, he does it there it's like they they did shoot this in in parts like for an ad break every 15 minutes almost after that weird zoom in sequence cuts to rip uh, cuts to Rip and Samantha. Samantha literally confesses everything, crying, being, I'm so sorry. It means. Rip starts to laugh and turns out, like, hey, look, oh, here I am trying to cry my heart out, blah, blah, blah. Say I've got feelings for you and everything else. I'm warning you. I'm on your side now, blah, blah, blah. And then they just sort of semi-cuddle on the sofa. Like, that's not how a relationship is formed. None of this is how a relationship between any partners should have been formed. But apparently that's how the Hulkster does it. Yeah. yeah. And he, doesn't he, he doesn't say something? Care. No. <laughs> Yeah. Like, I was hired to seduce you, to to win you over, to get you to sign with this network. Fair enough. You know, he, he's not bothered. I know. Just- Where is the bother? Give me some bother. Yeah, because the, the way he kind of cracks a joke was about like, he says, well, there's a, there's a bill for the bed from the hotel. And they, that, that apparently makes her really laugh like loads. And then they both start laughing. My God. This uh, this this then leads to more. This then leads into Zeus on telly demanding to fight Rip. 
Mm. Like there's a he, 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 he basically he pulls out a promo and says, "Oi, Rip, I want you." Basically, champion, you know, mano a mano, with his one and a half monobrow. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk about the monobrow. What is it? Is it a monobrow where it, it, so he has one eyebrow? Yeah, has a V, and then yeah. kind of cuts here, and the rest of it's missing. Yeah, it, it's a strange one. Part of me wonders whether it was an accident and they just went, oh, it'll totally work, Tiny. It'll be fine. It'll work into it. Because he's got a Z on, on the side of his head as well. I think I know what it's... Uh, do you know what it looks like? I think I know what it looks like. It looks like the square root symbol. <laughs> it looks a bit like the square root symbol on his forehead. <laughs> Uh, I just think he was trying to start a trend, but it didn't really work. <laughs> what trend was that? I don't know what it is. Maybe, maybe, maybe they generally thought that looked like a tough guy look because, like, look, he doesn't care about his personal hygiene. Look, he doesn't care about his looks. He's got a monobrow, but only has he also has only half an eyebrow. Grr. I don't know. He could fix that eye easily. He just chooses not to. Exactly. <laughs> it's macho, macho, macho man, and not Randy Savage. Um, so. Rip is basically just, he's not, he's not going to scoop, stoop to his level. Mm. Okay. At one point, it's kind of brilliant, but also such a sleazy. And again, this is not how wrestling is booked. He's, he's, he's at, Rip's at a charity event with kids, right? He's a charity event with kids because of course he is, because he needs to look lovely and humble. Then a fucking <laughs> helicopter comes in with Brell and Zeus and says like, and says, well, are you going to do the match? Like, this is not how wrestling is booked, mate. But still, he goes like, well, it looks like you're not going to do it. Your silence says it all. You are a coward and walks away kind of thing randy's there wearing a red clown nose red <laughs> circles on his cheeks and a giant polka dot bow tie yes obviously like helping the he's doing his bit for the kids and one tiny lister part of his audition must be walking let's see how you look if you're walking in slow motion because he nails it he does and, uh, <laughs> and then he goes he walks up to him and they lay out the challenge and it's all like Zeus is looking super intense on his close up. Hogan looks stoned. He looks like, tired. He's looks so knackered. And there's <laughs> nothing on his face. His eyes are drooping. His mouth is barely registering any emotion. And even when they show the, the shot of the helicopter taking off, that expression has not changed. He couldn't give a stuff. I couldn't, for some reason, I get the feed that I would like to imagine that was the last day of the shoot. And I, I imagine that was like, this is the last day of the shoot, last day. And he says, we're going to do this one helicopter scene because we've got the outside. We'll do it. We'll do it in a day. No problem. It's like, yeah, it's fine. He's been doing this for many weeks now. He's tired. He's just done. You know, he's, he's worried about, about, about the status of Zeus because he just punched him in the nose and broke it. You know, the whole thing and then just flies away. And then the rest of the movie, he does feel kind of tired until about the final, until about the match. And that's the thing I'm noticing as criticism. Everything involved with Rip on his own isn't actually that fun, really. Everything with Zeus in it is fucking epic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Tiny List has proven over the years, given like the right direction and, you know, right use of him, he's very entertaining. He is. You know, if you look for him in his... It's Dark Knight, isn't it? He's in Dark Knight where he's the prisoner on the boat. Yeah. With the with the remote control. He barely says anything in that. And he's incredibly uh, 
intense and he he builds for a great scene. Although being a wrestling fan, any film he turns up in now, I'm like Zeus, Zeus. Um, <laughs> anything. Yeah. And then when we go on to the we go to the scene with where they catch Randy and yeah. Randy and Craig, who, again, I was listening to your Street Fighter episode this morning <laughs> while I was getting ready, yeah. and you were pointing out how Guile just keeps revealing secrets to the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. um, Craig, Randy's buddy, just keeps dropping Randy in it constantly. Yeah, it like, just calls him out. Yeah, he's like, he's Rip's brother. It's like, shut, shut up. up. Yeah, you, like, you, you, yeah, Randy should be there going, shut up. <laughs> The thing that gets me about it is Brel standing there and he goes, so you're Rip's brother, eh? It's like, all I could think was, one, he's on telly in the first bit that you were watching. Yeah. Two, you've just met him at the charity event, even though he did have clown face paint on. Fair. And it's it's very apparent who he is. And Craig just keeps dropping him in it. And then Randy takes a swing at Zeus and yes! doesn't do too badly. He escapes. <laughs> and he, and, and he's, he's, doing, he's doing a lot of like defensive rolls and dodging. And then the one final proper grab and throw by Zeus cripples him. And I'm thinking, and now by that point going, ooh, the stakes are higher. But here's the thing, like, I'm not sure what was the goal of it other than just beat him up because it felt like, because I feel like there was also partly a performance because I'm not sure it was like, are there cameras on it or not? Because it felt like, because suddenly there was a crowd and there was a ref somewhere. And then you're thinking to yourself like, well, is it, is this now suddenly a match? Is this yeah. televised? Cause this is, it, the, this is horrendous. It, it's really weird. And then it, there's this final shot of Brel and he's like tears in his eyes looking at <laughs> Zeus. Like, like he's just seen something beautiful. Like he's seen God, basically. <laughs> you see Zeus. You see fucking yeah. Zeus. And then it cuts to, to Rip turning up at the gym. Yeah, I've got a little clip of that. Yeah. <laughs> so the execs are just watching him smash up. The uh, gym on the cameras. I love the bit with the camera bit. <laughs> so he's looking. <laughs> so I'll ex- we'll explain this because it's just mostly sounds. But what's so great? I love what I love about it is like he's smashing it up, and then he, he notices he can hear something, and yeah. he can hear them through the security camera. Like, you yeah. hear the audio of them through the security camera. And he, what he does is he chucks, like, a pole and gets it bang on. And you see, like, the close-up of the, the pole going, like, slowly into the camera and smashing it up. I love, how, I love how they react because they react like they've actually just been hit in the eye. They all go, yeah. oh, oh, no! When it's like, you should have seen that coming. Like, if this is a genuine camera shot, you should have seen Rip with a pole throwing through. It, yeah, because he's, he's going to the gym to break, break up his gym because because Randy's now a cripple because of him. So he goes in and goes like, rah, 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 rah. And then it leads to what seems to, the only thing I can only describe as future inspiration for the Hulk versus Ultimate Warrior in WCW, when there's a moment where Tiny Lister is somehow projected onto a mirror. <laughs> and then the Hulkster runs into him and breaks the mirror and turns out it was a projection the entire time. I mean, I do love the private gymnast. Like, we'll put the logo on everything. <laughs> this is true. If you don't know whose gym it is, you now know who it is. So he goes even, in, even destroys everything. 
even though he's going to fight in a bar in an octagon made of, you know, ring of <laughs> police tape and barrels, we're going to have a much nicer ring <laughs> in his private gym. I know, right? Yeah. Do, you think, uh, do you think they were inspired by Rocky Four with this movie? I, I think a lot of this was trying to get Hogan a Rocky. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he, he finally goes and sees Randy, who's now officially a cripple in I've, the hospital. I've got a clip of that because it's like, it seems like Hogan has been saving all his acting for this particular scene. Let's, let's hear Hogan acting his socks off. Go on. So Randy's just waking up. <sighs> And he's grabbing his hand. Hulkster's <laughs> crying. He's got tears streaming down his face. It is, it's actually quite believable, though. It's like, it is believable that he is upset in that scene. <laughs> it's I a guess. Risk. It'd feel more real if he didn't have a black and white spandex outfit yes! for the occasion of seeing his crippled brother. That's what's so distracting. All his outfits, whenever he's trying to deliver a, like a dramatic scene, yeah. his outfits are just too distracting for it to be taken seriously, which is great. He, 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 has, he has a spandex for every occasion, every mm. colour, every kind of creed, everything. And it's brilliant. So yeah, he's crying and, say, and basically saying, I'm going to get whoever did this. I know, you tr- I know you tried to protect me, but don't worry. Now it's my turn. And so now he's ready for them to fight. So everyone's doing their training, and then they're ready to finally we get to the fight it's been a weird long build-up with a movie that's supposed to be about wrestling not having a lot of wrestling in it Mm. but we're finally getting to the big match and and it's a proper it's it's a different venue it feels like they built the studio they filled it up properly new shiny ring still eight sides um you know you've got the commentator running around doing kind of stuff It, it feels like an actual production but they still, they're all, everyone's saying like, oh, you know, this is going to be great. And Zeus, and look, when Zeus wins, it's going to be amazing. But I love one, one bit, one of the bad guys, because one, one of the other two says, but what happens if, what happens if, he, if Zeus doesn't win? That'll be the end of the tough guys. All <laughs> <laughs> oh, tough guys. All tough guys. Ed Rip is the officially the tough guy. And nothing else. They, um, they just cut to the bars with like Stan Hansen in and everyone. Zeus loses. He just takes the cigar out, puts it on the side and goes, well, that's it for me. And just walks <laughs> off into the night. <laughs> Every tough guy officially walked into the sunset, never to be seen from again, building a colony somewhere in like Brazil and yeah. saying, this is the tough guy camp. Enjoy. So, uh, so Brel tries to make sure that doesn't happen, doesn't he? He, yeah. try, he, he, he kidnaps... Uh, Samantha it makes he makes it quite clear to Rip that he's got Samantha and he has to make it look good for 10 minutes doesn't he and then he has to go down and uh that's something that Hogan doesn't really normally do uh, so but here's the thing though and this is something we have to sort of make clear if if Brell was an official booker right if he was the official booker of this wrestling association right you don't argue with the booker so already he's saying like, right, you're going to make it look really cool for 10 minutes, but after 10 minute mark, you need to go down, right? That's booking. So, but in this case, because wrestling is seen as a real sport, this is seen as being crooked, right? The, the, yeah, sure. This is a no screw job situation, but it's, it's definitely 
Hulk, Hulk shouldn't be arguing with this if this is legit wrestling, but it's not. Which well, makes no, it even I mean, more confusing. It's, 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 at this point, it's not wrestling, is it? Because the only bit of wrestling in the movie is right at the beginning when you see, like, Rip wrestling. And this is a different, <laughs> this is meant to be more like UFC in a way, isn't it? Kind it's a death like, match. It's death yeah. match rules. Um, so, yeah, Hulk says, so basically, I think the reason why they say you've got 10 minutes is because um, it's basically just to add more time to the movie, I think, just yeah. to add more tension, because there's no tension here, because because they, they start brawling, they go into the ring, they start brawling. He's wearing a wonderfully blue pair, a blue pair of spandex, by the way. Wonderful. Oh, and uh, what about uh, Zeus's uh, shoulder pads? Yes, they he are comes amazing. In. He walks in like he's an extra in Mad Max. It's, 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 it's almost, it's all, again, and just to throw another reference, I bet you Triple H saw this and said, I could do better. I could do a better yeah. entrance. I have to say, the bit I laughed at the most when I was watching was mm. his entrance with those shoulder pads. I laughed so hard when I saw that because they were absolutely huge. He looked like a bloody Power Ranger. Or yeah. And Hogan doesn't get an entrance. He, he gets the, uh, for lack of a better term, jobber entrance where they join in, in the ring. No theme music, no introduction. He just stood there. If, if, if you watch any wrestling and they introduce your opponent, he's already in the ring by the time he, the, the main guy gets there. He's going to get his ass kicked, which is so it's kind of true to life because he's expecting to to go down. Um, but... I mean, you see the, the, the build-up to it where, like, Zeus is on a rowing machine and smashing concrete blocks with his hands. Fucking great. He's just concentrating on helping Randy. And this <laughs> is the thing that gets me about this fight is Randy moving a finger is what sort of motivates <laughs> Rip to get yes! back up. But in the montage earlier, Randy's walking. He's holding on to the poles while Rip yes! helps him. So the fact that Randy's moving a finger shouldn't do shouldn't mean anything. <laughs> I think I think the movie forgot how badly crippled Randy was. I think yeah. he forgot to say like it's like look look look, look we, we need something to motivate him because we've we've written ourselves into a corner basically. Mm. And so it's like, well, what if he just moves a finger? It's like, but what about all the physio training he's been doing before? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. We, we, it, at that moment in time, he's still in the wheelchair, crippled like this, standing still. And they're just going like, and he just moves this one finger. And it's enough to motivate the Hulkster to properly Hulk up and beat the living hell out of him. And they're missing a trick because, I mean, we're all, we've all got film backgrounds as well. If anything, what Randy should have done rather than move a finger is move the hand into the rip it hand yes! symbol yes! That, we, that we see throughout the entire film, which is the, for Suffer. those listening in at home, is essentially the shaka bra, little finger and thumb, thumb out. He does, he, he, he does it yeah. whenever he can, though. It's moments like he walks out, before he walks out of a door, he does, and then walks yeah. out. He does it's it often. in the opening, the contract scene where he, he basically stuffs, stuffs a check down Prell's mouth, walks out, but stops to turn around and go, yeah. And then leaves. It's so he does, weird. It, so, yeah, so he does that often. And that's the thing. That could have been a king. Or even better, to prove himself like he's feeling the power. He could have, he could, you want, you want, you want cheese ball? You want corn ball? How about this? He gets. Gets up. He's sitting in the wheelchair and then finally through the power of his own will because he wants to motivate his brother, he stands up. Exactly. And and he's like, holy shit, he's standing up! 
Yes, go, go, Rip. But no, it's rips just a shirt. A, yeah, Rip rips the shirt to say rip him, and then the whole yeah. crowd goes rip him, rip him, rip him. Yes, we're writing a better movie, but this is the problem when we talk about bad movies. We can write better movies, but it's never going to happen. Samantha escapes in just just being just by outsmarting the goons. Quite Very easily. easily, wasn't it? Really, yeah. like it made a whole big thing about her being kidnapped and held hostage, but she escapes so easily. Just yeah, literally walks it, out the door, pretty much. It, it's really weird because she does a lot of like pushing of a, of a chair to get the <laughs> to get out, basically. Yes. And I think the whole point of it was because the director wanted to shoot a sequence where Joan Severance was essentially bent over and he could shoot exactly. Down the top. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yes, it's so obviously trying to do a boob and a butt shot because you have two different <laughs> angles. Um, oh god. Um, yeah. So she she escapes very easily. Joins Rip's family. In the uh, on the side of the ring, and Brel doesn't notice this for quite some time until suddenly in the corner, because I think he was too distracted by Zeus being the hell out of Rip and going almost salivating, going yes, yes, beat him, beat him well. Oops, phrasing. Um, but um, <laughs> but then but then notices this and tries to call like the goons and everything else, like why is Samantha here? What's going on? And this is where things start to wrap up, and it wraps up really quickly by this point because they do but they do a couple of clobbering Zeus feeling slightly overconfident like turns around Rip is in is, is in the is in the corner turnbuckle and here's the thing though Zeus at one point literally rips out an entire turnbuckle the entire pole with his bare hands and uses it as a weapon right and then by this point it's like oh he's ripped down he sees you know the finger move he gets up he hulks up literally hulks up mm. and um he goes uh, uh, and literally his moments like turn around you idiot and he's like, go on, do something. And the moment he does it, he grabs a hand. And then finally, the tide is starting to turn. Rip is winning. Un- Rip, Rip starts to win. Rip literally does the double axe handle f- out of the ring. And you think, that's it. That's the end. Nope. This suddenly becomes a full-blown ex- uh, ECW kind of, let's just brawl around the arena kind of fight. Well, yeah. He, he also, um, I mean, he, he's not had a lot to do in this movie, but Charlie, the coach, who said earlier on he tried to train Zeus, but he just couldn't keep him from killing people, essentially. <laughs> um, Charlie, the coach, tries to get involved, and Zeus doesn't just kick him from from ring from the ring to ringside. He punts him across the room like he's taking a rugby kick. <laughs> Charlie just flies and that doesn't motivate Rip to get up and fight. But then the finger happens. Yeah, and they go up to like the sort of uh, where the, the studio area is, where like Brel is like watching. Yes. And he, so they're at quite a height now. And um, the, the fighting, I've got a clip actually of the end of the fight. Let's play that. Go for it. <laughs> so, what you heard there was Rip delivering the double axe handle off the, the sort of high up s- stage. And Zeus flies off and goes through the ring, basically. In a perfect donut shape, by the way. He lands yeah. so perfectly into the middle of that ring. Like, it's... And it, 
and he, he literally just collapses and should be dead, really. The man's dead. That's a yeah. horrible height. Yes, we've seen some professional wrestlers go from extremely high heights. We've seen Jeff Hardy. We've seen New Jack. We've seen all these people jump from stupid heights. That man's dead, though, right? And then, yeah, definitely. And then he, he turns his attention to uh, Brell. Yes. Uh, and smashes through. The, Brell's in there and he's, he's smashing everything for some reason. He's smashing up all the equipment why in is the he tr- why studio is he, tr- area. Why, why, is he just mad? He's so mad that he just wants to bring out his rage. Is that it? He's, he's <laughs> taking it off the air so no one can see Zeus lose. Right. Because oh, that if you explains look at, it. If you look at the monitors behind him, it says delayed due to network issues. Um, or network <laughs> difficulty. Yeah. But it, it's really, cause I, I wondered, cause it's like, why is everything exploding behind him? And then I realized it's because he's doing everything he can to make sure no one can see what's going on. Um, okay. That makes a little bit, well, I would say a little bit more sense in the grand scheme of things. But yeah, he yeah. starts ripping things up and, but he's causing like, hor- like wires are exposed and tiny explosions and sparks and electrics and, Poor, I wouldn't say poor him because he's been a scumball. He's been yeah. an absolute scum the entire time. But the man, just as he's about to like do something maybe to sort of, maybe I think there's one point where, you know, Rip's about to, he's doing his dog thing again. <laughs> just going, rah, 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 rah. and then I think he Brell backs up slightly, just a tiny bit, and gets fucking electrocuted. Sparks. <laughs> Shizzle and all. It's full on yeah. like he's dead for electrocution. What's great is it cuts to the crowd going, yay! Like that. <laughs> yes! It's like, because they don't think it's real. <laughs> this, but they, what they did see was a man being horribly killed. And actually, yeah. two men being genuinely murdered on, right in front of them. But and at least yeah. his, his final words were, it was like, get away from me, you jock ass. Jock ass! <laughs> it's like, I'm really going to work this in, especially right to the end. And he does. And his his death, I mean, both he and Zeus, like, his death scene is is quite funny because he basically looks like... He's he's backed into this electric wire, but when he dies, one hand is behind his back. So it yep. kind of looks like it's gone up his backside. <laughs> it does! And Zeus, in the build-up to Zeus flying into the into the ring, he does his uh, Mortal Kombat finish him animation of just standing there and going... For a yeah. really long time. He just so, like, staggered like, oh, I can't do anything. And then, then he gets hit. Finish him. Let's put, let's, let's finally throw the belt into the ring as we go through the trashometer. Trashometer. Thank you. you. Thank you. So, if you, this is the first time you have been on the show, welcome. And I'm so sorry you had to watch, listen to this particular episode. Now, what is the Trashometer? Well, we review movies a little bit differently around here. Instead of going from A to B, like A to F or go five stars, no. We break it down into five different categories, okay? So, we break it down into how trashy is this movie to the level of enjoyment. So, we're talking about... Getting right, we want the right balance. The right balance of a good trashy movie is a good sort of 50-50 of terrible and great. You put it together, you make good trash. So we're gonna, so here's the thing though, Ed. You have, you have upgraded the soundboard, haven't you? I have. So now we've got a sound drop for each rank. So let's go with, let's, let, do you want to hear Tame first? Let's go with Tame. Uh, right. So let's start off with Tame. Oh, 
Oh, Jesus Christ. Yep, so that is tame. Tame basically means... Thank you, that's amazing. I love that. Oh, my God. Oh, the production value's gone up through the roof. Um, it's from so, Blazing Saddles, by the way. Uh, so which isn't that. a bad movie, but it, it, it fit perfectly. For, for that one. So, yeah, tame. So, tame basically means that it was boring. There was nothing entertaining about it. It's not even remotely bad. It's not even remotely good. It's just dull. It's dull as dishwater. Nothing exciting. Then we move on to a tiny bit trashy. What's tiny bit trashy, Ed? Tiny bit trashy. Thank you. So, tiny bit trashy. I'm loving that. That's brilliant. Oh, I'm trying to keep a straight face while I'm trying to go for the rags. Okay. <clears throat> So, Tiny Bit Trashy basically means that the movie has got elements of good, fun trash, but it could have been more, like it could have been better, it could have been more, it could have been trashier, it could have been a bit more, it could have been more bad, it could have been more good and had a good balance, it's slightly off. Then we get to the sweet spot, which is trash, that is the golden goose, the sweet spot, the wonderful, this is, it is the proper main event of trash cinema. Play the piece. Perfect trash. Thank you. I'm, I'm, uh, you, yeah, I'm loving, I'm loving all this. This is great. So yeah, perfect trash. Basically, it's the right sweet spot. It moves on to the next step, which is too trashy. Too trashy is even though we're having fun with it, there are moments we're getting quite angry and frustrated with it. We're getting to the point where we're not having. We might, if it pushed a little bit harder, we might not have been having quite a bit of fun. Play it. Oh my God. Oh my God. I wasn't it's so ex- 90s. I told you there's 90s in this. I was not <laughs> expecting. I'm not. Expe- I wasn't expecting all the musical cues, but I'm impressed. Right, and then finally, <laughs> finally, we go to torture. Torture is the worst. It's the worst of the worst. We're. It's no longer fun. We've we've grown a, an angry hatred to the movie. It's now all bad. There's nothing redeeming about it. We've had a really, really hard time with it. It was a struggle. It upset us. That kind of thing. So what's torture in? I'm dead curious. This is the best one. Go. takes ages to get up there because it's right at the top of the meter jesus <laughs> christ the production value you've added in it so that's God. do you know what that clip quotes from Johan? mommy dearest it is it is it's why just the, can't you give me the respect that i'm entitled to it's oh this is the bit bef- yeah that's a bit before she leads into a point with the no wire hangers yes perfect thank you Right, so that's the ranking. So let's go through this together. Let's go our rating. So let's start with you, Carl. So where on the trash armature do you think this movie should be put into and why? I think it's it's got to be in the the trash going up to just shy of too much. Yeah. There's, there's enough there to keep it entertaining. It's not a long film. It's, yeah. It is pretty much bang on 90 minutes. Uh, there's, a, there's a couple of bits in it. Um, that aren't necessary at all, uh, mm. but there's <laughs> there's enough there to make you stare at it in disbelief. 
which I think is the sign of some good trash, is the the fact it's almost a... I can't look away. <laughs> it's a yeah. car crash. Yeah. And, and in this case, it being kind of such a big... In a very silly way, big part of wrestling history in that this was the first big attempt at doing wrestling on on film Mm -hmm. it's 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 got a place but it is yeah it's there's a lot in there we're just like oh this is but it's it it does hit the sweet spot enough of trash i haven't seen this in many a year and i did enjoy watching it again even though there are bits of it like yeah that that's a bit yeah much I feel here's something I want to ask you then as well Um, do you think because we're all wrestling fans of some capacity are we more tolerant of this movie yeah yeah oh yeah without (laughs) a doubt it's I mean I think with wrestling films we've we've really kind of had to be tolerant because they've all been pretty shocking up until I'd say the wrestler and yeah. even then we had to be quite tolerant because it was really showing the um, bad side of, of what wrestling is. So if a non-wrestling fan saw it and knew you into, you were into wrestling, they'd be like, oh, but that's that's a really kind of seedy, like, underworld, not seedy kind of, like, desperate sort of world, isn't it, wrestling? It's like, yeah. yeah, but then there is the, there is the kind of... The, the nicer side of it, which uh, hasn't been captured yet in, in a wrestling film, I don't think, and I don't think will be. Um, yeah, I, I, I think we've gone to the point where we're all too we're, we're all too smarky now. We're all too mm. smart to know what that is. Now, Ed, where would you put this on the trash armature? Um, for me, I don't think it's perfect trash, um, mm. but usually I would. I was leaning more towards tiny bit trashy, to be honest, because it's okay. like slightly under what I would want from a perfect movie. It's not quite hitting it. Like you, st- when we were talking about it, when we got breaking it down, Johan, you were saying there's bits where you kind of want it to do a little bit more than it does, and sometimes that's mm. the, the, the PG-13 rating. But other times, I think you could do more with it to make the trashiness kind of fun. So in my opinion, it's tiny bit trashy. Okay, now here's the interesting thing. I've gone completely different to all three of you because yeah. I actually think it's too trashy, and here's the reason why. Well, that's I've... what Carl said, I think. No, yeah, I think uh, <laughs> just Carl, under. You, just under, because oh, right. he's, he's trash, but just under. I've gone for too trashy, and the reason why is because, yes, this movie could have been so much more, right? And it's been held back. But I think it is so... I think the whole thing is it doesn't know what it wants to be to the point that it's actually got me quite frustrated. There are moments I'm saying, who is this for? Who are you aimed at? Are you t- are you trying to introduce casual fans to wrestling? If so, you're not doing a good job. Is this for wrestling fans? If so, eh, this is not how wrestling works either. Is it aimed at kids? It's too adult for kids. Is it aimed at adults? It's too kiddish for adults. And then there are moments where I think if it had a consistent tone overall, it would have been perfect trash. If, it, yeah. if This is where I think we would fall under. If it was perfect trash, it would be like the right tone where it would say, right, we're going R-rated, we're going to go ridiculous, it's going to go nasty and greedy, whatever. Or we're going full kiddie. On it, we're going to go mm. full kid. It's going to—it's going to basically be like what would have led into things like Suburban Commando and Santa with Muscles and the Free Ninjas movie and that kind of thing. I think it's so conflicted that I wasn't. I, there were moments I said, "I'm not having fun with this. I'm getting—I'm getting annoyed at this." So I would say 
I would put it under too trashy for me, but I, th- if, if anything, it's on the very low end. Mm. Yeah, I think it's the reason why I went with Tiny Bit is because I enjoy the movie. So I, yeah. I, if, I'm, if I go above trash, if I go into too much or mm. torture, they're movies I don't enjoy. But because I enjoy true. the movie, it's got to be, and, but it's not quite hitting the sweet spot. That's why it falls into tiny bit trashy for me. And you know what? I think I think because you two are kind of like more in the sweeter spot than me. I'm sitting there going like, "Oh boy, what's this? Oh, what's this? What's this now? There's another heel turn." Um, I think we could. Can we agree then? Maybe it's on the very high end of tiny bit trashy. Like yeah. it's just high end of tiny bit trashy. Like it's it's not full trash. And it could have, if it, with a few fixes, this could have been great. I think. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking because one of the things I was thinking about is it's not badly shot. No, it, it doesn't look bad at all. It's the, just the actual content of it that's that's incredibly patchy. I was thinking about this when I was watching it. Is there's a couple of things that you could do that would improve it tenfold instantly. One mm. is it not be it in being a fictional federation and it not be WWF. Yeah, and two have Jesse Ventura as the baddie instead of Tiny Lister. Yes, because mm. then you can have an actual wrestling match. You could have actual. Re- I mean, Jesse was very limited by this point, but you could shoot round it. Mm. See, he he didn't. He was always in phenomenal shape, but the only reason he had to retire was he had blood clots in his lungs, mm. so he couldn't really like massively exert himself. Um, and that's that's kind of what it was. But in this scenario, you could shoot round it easy enough, and he's got charisma and can talk, so mm. you could you could make Zeus more of a rounded character almost. Mm. And I can imagine if you had Jesse Ventura and Brell, it would just be like proper super evil, like both cackling for two minutes kind <laughs> yeah. of scene um, thing. And I reckon that would have would have really improved it. Obviously, yeah. you know, Hogan and Vince would have still had their three days in a cocaine-filled motel room. <laughs> but yes. I, I think I, I did. I agree. I think it could have been improved very easily. And mm. if they paid attention to their own continuity, it would have made a lot more sense as well. So yeah, I, agree. I think it, I, I'm willing to drop mine down to just at the, the high end of not enough trashy. Yeah, or, I think I think we'll there. put I think we'll put on I think uh, you know what we'll agree. This is on the high high end of tiny bit trashy. Okay. Tiny bit trashy. Thank you, thank you. We're officially that 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 uh, that meter is now got production value. It's, it's, it, before it was just like a tiny little thermometer. Now it's got neon sides and a boom box. I mean, when I was making those, I was having so much fun. I was laughing at my own jokes, just like, ah, <laughs> at the computer. <laughs> Believe me, you've 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 made the trashometer feel like some kind of th- of like a you know it's a sort of like fairground ride. <laughs> I just like the idea of you like turning to a mirror in the room, going, "Edge, you've done it again." <laughs> exactly, this is comedy gold. <laughs> But one thing to show up before we wrap up then is time to do our plugins. So in other words, Carl, where can people find you? What, is there anything you want to plug? Drop your, drop all the stuff. 
Well, as I say, I do a number of podcasts. I also do things like uh, I run a short film night, which is where we first met, I think, many, yep. many years ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, I decided to get an All My Links page because it's way easier to plug that than it is a lot of individual things. Yeah. So if you want to find me, it's allmylinks.com and then forward slash Mr. Carl, and it's the unabbreviated M-I-S-T-E-R, and you can find everything I'm up to on there because it seems to be changing on a weekly basis at the moment. <laughs> You're in a new project pretty much every other week. <laughs> no, it's I'm on. The, I say I'm part of the uh, the We Made This Podcast Network, um, mm. and it's it's such a the, such a lovely collective of creative people. But it can lead to on our Discord, uh, just like what about this? Yeah, what about this? Yeah, <laughs> and then there's that moment where we all step back and go. When have we actually got time to do all of this? And, Good question. Uh, that, that's been a thing that we've kind of been wrestling with at the moment. <laughs> that's, that sounds a bit like the enigmatic WhatsApp group, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, every, every time I say, oh, we're doing this. And it's like, oh, we're doing that. Oh, I'm doing this at the minute. Oh, we're doing great. And it's like, how's everything going? We haven't started any of this yet. <laughs> like, we just, it'll happen eventually. Just take your time. And it's like, well, we're doing this now. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It, sounds like, it sounds like wonderful chaos. Yeah, I love I love it. I love making podcasts now. I think I'm, I'm I've been doing it now over ten years, off and on. Yeah, so it's mm. it it's something I enjoy a great deal, and it's it's been good. And um, it's one of been the upsides of being indoors for over a year is the fact that yes, uh, been able to meet a lot of other podcasters and appear on a lot of other podcasts, um, which is easier because I don't have to edit anything. <laughs> this is very true. So yeah, um, and yeah, um, so thank you very much for joining us. You've been an absolute wonderful guest. You've, your, your insight into wrestling has actually really helped me fill in some gaps while watching this movie. So thank you very much for that. Um, Ed, um, is there anything we have at the moment? Anything coming up? Uh, well, from, on the Enigmatic uh, main YouTube channel, the next thing that's going to come out that I've, worked, I've been working on, I'm going to be editing soon, is a top five... R-rated movie toys aimed at kids. So, <laughs> so that, you know when you had things like Robocop and, uh, like, alien-type toys? I don't reveal mm. the whole list, but, like, <laughs> you've got, yeah, like... Yeah, base, yeah, so basically, R-rated movies with toys. Yeah, so that's on my Retro Saturday Rewind show, which is basically uh, sort of inspired by the whole Saturday morning nostalgia. Yeah, which is which is wonderful. I've been loving that. I've been loving every time you're doing those lists at mm. the moment. Um, yeah, and that's doing all right. Um, on Ian, on the Animatic Play channel, we've been doing. There've been loads of new videos up at the moment. We're doing the Twitch stuff as usual. I have been going. I've been going. I've been playing through Grim Fandango for the first time. And I'll tell you right now, I forgot about Moon Logic until I played that game. My <laughs> God, <laughs> the, the leaps. In logic is outstanding. So wow. yeah, I've been playing. That's that, pointing clicks for you. That is pointing yeah. click. But my god, Grim Fandango takes a flipping cake. So yeah, we have. I've been doing that a little bit as well. Greg is. Greg's now got a PS5, so hopefully he'll get some new shiny content on that end. And on the trash shows, we've just been uploading old episodes. We've been working on new stuff, on just trying to get new content out there whenever we can. And yeah, it's slowly but surely building up. Um, hopefully over the east. Hopefully, hopefully after this point on, we're going to have some new guests, new stuff, everything on. So keep a keep an eye out for that. So yeah. Oh, by the way, the next backlog episode of the trash tapes going onto the YouTube channel is going to be Samurai Cop. Fantastic. So that's, so that's going onto the YouTube channel soon. Oh, that's that, that's a corker of an episode. That was our second year anniversary episode. That was fun. So yeah. 
Fantastic, Matt. So let us wrap things up for there. Let us let's ring the bell. Let's call it a day. The end, the pay per view's down. We're all done and dusted, and we're going to call it. And we're going to call it a rest because my feet are tired. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> thank you very much for thank you very much, and keep an eye on your trash. There might be some treasure in there. See you all next time. Adios. See you guys. listening to this podcast episode and hope you enjoyed it if you did please share it around with movie lovers you know maybe add a star rating or write a good review all of this helps with the algorithm and provides us with more opportunities to reach the ears to a whole new bunch of bad film fanatics want to find out more about us then head over to our socials where we provide sneak peeks and up-to-date news on everything nostalgic and trashy. You can find our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages in the description. So please, follow us. See you next time, cinephiles. <laughs>